backwards just to try to see it clearer, but my breath fogged up the glass. And so I drew a new face and I laughed. I guess what I'll be saying is there ain't no better reason to rid yourself of vanities and just go with the seasons. It's what we aim to do. Our name is our virtue, but I won't hesitate no more, no more. It cannot wait. I'm yours. Open up your mind and see like me. Open up your plans and damn you're free. I look into your heart and you'll find that the sky is yours. So please don't, please don't, please don't. There's no need to complicate. Time is short. This or this or this is our fate. I'm yours. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Hey, good morning, Darren. How are you? Oh, you know, just working through this week. <laughs> Working out the kinks on this Thursday still. Everything good with you? Yeah, you know, you got me blocked the other day. I forgot. I got I, you blocked. What did I do? It was Monday's show where oh, you were singing a song and I forgot to mute it for a couple seconds. Oh, and no. I noticed, like, where is everybody on Facebook? And then I was like, oh, shoot. So oh. <laughs> I make sure as you come on, I'm actually muting it uh, first thing in the morning. Yeah. Mm. You can so, hear it if, even if I ha have the pot down. Good to know. Yeah. So yeah. this morning's um, news headlines, the prison service has honored nurses for their COVID efforts. So um, That's nice. yeah, just uh, showing some appreciation. Her Majesty's uh, Cayman Islands Prison Service recently honored its nurses in a staff appreciation ceremony. So it looks like they have a couple nurses um, on board and they had a little ceremony there at... Um, Fairbanks Prison, to recognize what they say was their unwavering efforts in ensuring the safety of um, prison staff. So, of course, you know, this is interesting because prison staff <laughs> have a little bit of a slightly different view um, when they were reaching out to us complaining that they were not receiving the care that they thought they should have been receiving. So um, it's it's always super interesting how everybody has a perspective. Uh, absolutely. that This world would be uh, kind of Less interesting if we all had the same perspective, I think. Yes. So, um, but congratulations nonetheless. I'm sure the, the nurses work incredibly hard. Um, you know, it mm -hmm. is what it is. So the National Roads Authority is just reminding the public to please be mindful of um, leaving sidewalks free of any debris. So they have said that, um, you know, people are putting signs and other things on the sidewalks and sidewalks are made to be hazard free so that pedestrians and people, I guess, like cyclists and so on can have access to those in a safe way. So they actually issued a statement about this because it seems like more and more people are encroaching and under the Roads Act, <clears throat> my apologies, a road encroachment can carry a fine of up to $5,000. Okay. Well, makes sense. Pretty crazy, but yes. Um, never knew it was so high. I find yeah. like that, but then it's like ten dollars for gambling. It, it sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, trust me, we could we could have a whole show. Well, you definitely could have a whole show on that, on different yeah. fines, even for uh, prison sentences for different crimes. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, there is a summer serenade to be held on Friday. So this is a little bit of local entertainment news. So the Cayman Islands National Choir and Orchestra is actually um, getting ready to put on their summer serenade. Cool music for a warm summer evenings concert on this Friday. So that's tomorrow at the mm -hmm. Hardwell Theater at 7.30 p.m. And they've okay. asked for people to come out and support. Tickets are $35 and $10. Um, and you can purchase them at eventpro.ky. So the National Choir and Orchestra does a really phenomenal job um, putting on, you know, a number of events. And they also, you know, tried to involve um, young people in developing their musical talent and so forth as well. So it's hey. a good cause. Good cause. Go out and support the CNCO. Awesome. I love that. And, you know, actually on uh, Sunday, you know, we have our uh, Jerk Fest on Father's Day. Have oh, is that Sunday? No, I didn't know. Sunday. So noon to three, Public Beach, it's Jerk okay. Fest. You, uh, you come and you can sample all the vendors and then you get to uh, decide the people's choice. And uh, the person that wins people's choice is going to win some cash. There's $2,500 up for grabs in cash and right, all that stuff. So definitely come out this Sunday. New to three public beach. It's a lot of fun. So oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a Father's Day event. Maybe if you want to take the family out and do that. So there you go. Yeah, awesome. Sounds good. Um, always a fun time. Yeah. And um, just a quick reminder, those of you who are business owners, there are a couple of things that are happening that will impact you, including, um, you know, there's no longer going to be the pension holiday that has been going on for the last couple of years because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So just make sure that you are um, aware of these changes so that you are in compliance with the law um, and don't, don't run afoul of the law because then you might get in trouble. Well, Mike. Yeah. Real quick, I want to say a big, uh, like, you know, good job to all the traffic uh, police that I see out there, the traffic unit. Um, however, I do want to say switch it up on the roundabouts that you uh, do the radaring on. Everyone knows where you're at by downtown reach. I think they've been getting, have they been getting some new equipment? Because a couple of days ago, I saw about four or five officers at that downtown reach roundabout all yeah. using a gun. So I wonder if they were being trained on it. Possibly. Doing, but yeah, I didn't think it was necessary to have like four or five people at one location. But uh, yeah, maybe they're tra getting trained okay. on. But yeah, every morning, everyone knows they're right there. And so, yeah, I was behind people going 30 instead of even just close yeah. because they were super yeah, scared. The day someone was um, <laughs> flashing people. Oh, yeah. All the time. And I thought, oh, do people still do that? Is that still a thing? I hadn't seen it in a while. Oh, yeah. I saw this morning. But like, yeah. Don't awesome. worry. Everyone's going 30. Um, yesterday yeah. morning. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and yesterday morning there was a road fatality. Um, nice. I, couldn't, I couldn't just remember. Sometimes things happen shortly after the show, and I'm like, did I mention that in 106? But um, yeah, there was a road fatality yesterday morning in the BRAC. Literally, as we were having the show, we were getting the details of what happened. So a young mother of three, unfortunately, has lost her life on the roadways of Cayman BRAC. So it's, condolences to her family. It's heartbreaking. And yeah, everyone should really just, you know, just, yeah. you know, just be a little careful. It's not it's not worth it. Yeah. So. All right, Aaron, have a beautiful day. You as well. And we'll see you tomorrow. Friday, Friday show. All right. Sandy's heading over to Bobo. Okay, folks. Good morning. Good morning. Let's get our show started. Uh, we've got a couple seconds. I'm actually a little bit early in everything this morning, although I woke up late. <laughs> a mess. Stay tuned. One sec.
sorrel, ginger, fever grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. Thursday morning. I kind of feel like it's Friday, but I do know logically that's all in my head and that it's actually not Friday, but it does feel a little bit like a Friday for some reason. I'm not really sure why, but guess what? We're happy to be here. Happy to be alive, up and kicking. I actually woke up late this morning. I'm going to make a total confession to you guys. Oh gosh. And look at me all this time. And I forgot to hit that button on Bobo. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Let me see if I can get in there real quick. Maximum capacity reach, change mixer layout. What does that mean? Ugh. Capacity reach, change mixer layout. Okay, give me one second here, folks. I'm trying to figure out. Ugh. Oh. Okay, give me one second here, folks. I'm trying to figure out. Let me just refresh. I think it oh. means. Okay, I think we're good. Good morning, Bobo listeners. <laughs> Hopefully you're hearing me okay. Um, yes, I was I was feeling like I was super organized this morning and I had a lot of time despite waking up late. And then I still forgot to hit a little button. Oh my gosh, there's just too many buttons in the morning. And some of us are starting to get the old people brain. We would forget certain things, but good morning to everyone. Hopefully you can all hear me loud and clear. How is everyone doing? I hope you guys are well. Um, hopefully everybody's doing fantastic. Thank you guys uh, so much for tuning in every single morning. I get such amazing feedback. So, you know, after the show, I tend to get a few phone calls and people are always like, hey, Miss Sandy, I need you to talk about this. And I also want you to talk about this topic and that topic. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Uh, there's just so much that's going on um, in the community. And there's so many issues that are a concern to people. And I know a lot of people are tuned into the show and they said, Sandy, you know, whenever you uh, bring up a topic, it seems like people pay attention. So I think that that's fantastic that we are in a position to be able to um, quite frankly do that. There's so many places in the world where, you know, it just isn't possible. Listen to me, just, um, what day was that? Just the other day, I think it was yesterday, last night. I was watching a video about the poor people in Afghanistan. 
And, you know, every morning I sit here and, you know, we talk about all sorts of things, but I hope the one, if there's a singular takeaway from this program, in my mind, it's always, yes, we have issues. We have things we need to fix. We have things that we need to address. But ultimately, we still remain one of the luckiest countries in the entire world. There is just a sense of, uh, I was talking to some CUC guys yesterday about this as well. There's a sense of gratitude that I have when I see how other people are actually living. Because, my God, I know without a doubt that I will never have to wake up one morning in my lifetime and question whether or not I have to send, I have to sell, S-E-L-L, my own nine-year-old daughter in order to get some money, to a 55-year-old man, by the way, in order to get some money for my family to survive. We're going to have this particular conversation. I'm not going to go too deep into it this morning, but it just broke my heart having to watch this. And I, I, I was just like, oh, my God. Every single day, you know, people get up and we complain. We complain about poverty. We complain about the high electricity bills. Just so many different things. And I think to myself, the irony of it all is that we are still so incredibly fortunate, right? There's people out there who are trying to decide which daughter they're going to sell. It, it, it is really um, mind-blowing, to be quite frank. And it gives you a much greater sense of appreciation when you are not actually in those positions. So let us just have an attitude of gratitude, as they say. Every single morning, you know, some of you I know keep a gratitude journal. Just get up and be thankful for something, honey chill. I'm thankful for the truth every morning. What are you thankful for this morning? Let's start it off on a positive note. Good morning, everyone. Let's see who's with us. We're thankful for Miss Vernita. Good morning, Miss Vernita. She says, have a blessed day and try and help someone in need. I think that's wonderful and it's always a good idea. Last week we had the food bank on and I have decided to volunteer uh, my time to the food bank to help them out in a capacity that I have experience. Reach out to an NPO. And I stick by my position. I know some people were listening last week. Um, and they said, Sandy, this idea of people volunteer for NPOs is a good idea. And when I say people, I mean people who are NAU clients and otherwise. Some of them have a lot of time in their hands because they're simply not employed. And they sit down and they drink and they play dominoes and they smoke ganja and other stuff. If you have time on your hands because you're not employed and you are actually getting money from the government, there should be a requirement in that, you know, if you're able-bodied and you can assist in some way, that you actually provide some assistance and give back to the community that is helping you. There's so many reasons why that's a good idea. Can somebody over at NAU take that on board? It's a free idea. I'm not going to charge you for it. Just do it. Number one, it helps them to see that nothing in life is truly free, right? And you have to give back in some capacity, even if it's just your time. And also, I feel like when people start to help other people, they are more appreciative of their own circumstances. So although you may be an NAU client, 
there are people out there who are worse off than you. Maybe you volunteer, you know, with the um, Meals on Wheels and you realize that, wow, I better start thinking about my future because if I'm a young woman or man and I'm on NAU in my 20s and 30s, what's going to happen to me when I'm in my 60s and 70s? What's the game plan? Might, might cause them to have a different way of thinking about the world when they're fixing meals on wheels and whatever. So everyone has something that they can do. Walking dogs, maybe they'll find a new appreciation for dogs. I feel like there's so many social programs that have been proven to be extremely successful that we just don't deploy here. Even having, you know, pets go into nursing homes and prisons and, you know, the prison parolee program, all of those things, we kind of miss the mark, I think, in picking some of those up. Well, you know, prison, oh Lord, I don't even know what to say about that place sometimes. Uh, they had a deputy director who was in charge of rehabilitation. She's been gone now. I want to say, has it been a couple of years? They haven't replaced her. And as a result of her, um, yeah, she was gone, suspended in October of 2019, 2020, 2021, when we're new, coming up with three years now, still not replaced, still no indication of what's going on with her situation. And all of the rehabilitation programs literally have stopped at the, at the prison. So prisoners are actually... Um, being impacted in a detrimental way. It's not a sad indictment on us. Good morning, Miss Rita. Buenos dias. Como estas? Irvlin, we're thankful for you. Miss Rita, we are thankful for you. Olivia, we love you and we're thankful for you. Miss Deline says blessings to all on this beautiful Thursday morning. I woke up a little bit late this morning. I don't know how it happened. I have my alarm set and you know, I got one of these fandangled Apple watches. I like it because it's a silent alarm when you have the Apple Watch on. It doesn't like jolt you out of your sleep. And normally I snooze it like once when it goes off and then I kind of, okay, I got to get out. And I don't know what happened this morning, honey, Joe. I hit that snooze button and I must have snoozed it again or I hit stop. And I went into a like seriously deep sleep. And the irony of it is I went to bed earlier than usual last night. I was... In bed about 11.15, which is kind of early for me. So I would say by 11.30, I was probably sleeping. But I did wake up after 2 because my daughter, I don't know, she's not the world's best sleeper. And I'm sleeping with her. So you know how that goes. So something was going on with her. And I had to get up. And then she's like, oh, she has to go to the bathroom. I'm like, okay, no problem. So probably around, that must have been around 4 o'clock. I was up. And I think maybe that kind of, I don't know, just tired, folks. Melita, good morning. Beautiful. We're thankful for you. Um, music playing in the background. Are you still hearing it? That might have been earlier. All right. Carmelie, good morning. We're thankful for you as well. Happy Thursday, Diamond Princess. Louie, we love Louie. Yes. Feeling a little bit of love this morning. Louie is all the way in Detroit. Normally, he's in his garden with his CMR mug and his dogs and his beautiful flowers. Beautiful Scott, handsome Scott. We love you too. And we especially love your sausage rolls. <laughs> Scott must be thinking to himself, does Sandy, every time she look at me, does she think about food? 
Is she only thinking about the fact that on this weekend, Father's Day, by the way, we're going to talk about fathers tomorrow on the program, but Father's Day is coming up on Sunday and Waffle Monkeys is going to give away a sausage roll to every single father that comes through. So please stop by. Getting something for free, dads. Isn't that nice? And I think it's going to be worth your while. Athena, Wee Wee, good morning. Oh, yes, don't worry. I've got several announcements here this morning. One is about the health insurance premium payment plan. I had to print these off so I wouldn't forget. And then one is about national pensions holidays. I got them. Don't worry. I got you. Y'all just keep it locked. We'll get to all of those wonderful announcements. Maria, good morning. How are you? Sabrina, I think we're solid now on the radio. Lovelet, so good to see you. Lovelet is a young man or a woman. Could be either one. Good morning, Miss Beulah. Marshall, we're thankful for all of you. All right, I think we're good. Lovelet says, I am thankful for life. Thank you for that, Lovelet. Yes, a lot of us have life. We have health. We got a little job. We can pay the basic bills. Let's just be thankful today. Catherine, so good to see you. Marshall says, I'm thankful for life itself. Glad I was able to get up and get out of bed. You know what I'm saying? Although I was rolling out of bed a little bit late, I'm like, hey, I'm here and present and I'm still thankful. Can we get a hallelujah up in the place? Praise the Lord. Yes. Louis says, I'm always thankful for God's grace and his breath that I breathe. Morning, Aliano. Hey, Jasara, what's up? Louis says, I love my Apple Watch just for that reason. You know, I still am trying to learn it. I've had it for a few months now. And there's so many things that this little watch can do, honey. Yeah, I need to learn it more. I like the fact that it can like, you know, keep track of your heartbeat and your, it does some other fancy stuff with the heart, uh, all kind of stuff. So I'm still, I'm still learning. Every once in a while, I go watch a little YouTube video. I'm like, oh, wow, I can do that too. You know, the other day I was watching um, these TikTok reels or Facebook reels or whatever. I don't know which one it was. I think it was Facebook. And this guy said, instead of saying um, one day, because you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, one day I'm going to start losing that weight. I'm going to start exercising, whatever. He says, instead of saying one day, start saying day one. In other words, you got to get up and just start it and do it. And then you say, today is day one. Instead of, oh, one day I'm going to, day one, do it. Hi, DJ Trucking. Good morning. Morning to Miss Bonnie in East End. Lulu, Richard has got it locked. Good morning, Everton. Hey, Stephen, all the way from the UK. Oh, love, let she says, that's a female. That's just my son's picture. Oh, you got a handsome son. Very good. Romelia, what are you thankful for this morning? Dr. Tihar, good morning. Have a wonderful day as usual. You always look rock. What does that say? Rock, clear, keep going always. Thank you. I appreciate it. Is that clear or dear? I can't really make out. Oh, you always rock, dear, comma, keep going always. Yes. Okay. Got it. Thank you so much, Dr. Tahir. Appreciate it. So listen, yesterday was an interesting show, no doubt. Mm -hmm. And so after the show, y'all be messaging me all kind of stuff. 
And I'd be like, ooh, honey child. Y'all know how it goes. So someone said to me, and I and I thought I needed to maybe just clarify this. I think a lot of you, um, the when you hit, oh, I must have them reversed. Okay, thank you, Miss Amelia, for pointing out that in the WhatsApp news group, I reversed the links for Facebook and YouTube. No worries. Gotcha. So um, I had a certain cousin message me yesterday after the show. And she said, Sandy, do you know that you and Joey are family? And I was like, Joey who? Not Joey Hugh, but Joey who? <laughs> and she says, Joey, that you were just talking about on the radio, Joey Ebanks. And I said, oh, I said, okay. And your point would be? She said, yes, your grandmother and his grandmother are two, I think two sisters. I don't even know. Um, so we could be, what would that make us now? Your mother and his, his mother and your grandmother. Okay, his mother and my grandmother are sisters. Really? So that would make us his mother and my grandmother. Okay, so is that second or third cousins? Child, I can never keep it straight. His mother, but my grandmother. Anybody knows what that makes us? Oh, Lord. I need to go to 23andMe to figure that one out. And she was like, just saying. And I said, honey, child, it don't matter whether he my brother. <laughs> but I do want to say this for the sake of clarity. What, what, what cousins? Though? I know we're cousins, but is that second cousins or third cousins? I know for sure it's not first. It's like one cousin to move twice, third cousins. Thank you, Nathina. I was kind of thinking it was third cousins. But it doesn't matter. You guys know how this works. First of all, let me clarify. It's never about the person. And let me explain to you what I mean by that, right? So when I talk about Joey, I'm just using him as an example of someone who, in my opinion, was in a position to have done something at a time when he had a government job that literally was paying 125000 plus per annum about this whole utility thing. He was in charge of that sector. So his comments, like I said yesterday, are ironic to me because you didn't do anything. And we, the people, were paying you to do a job. And in my opinion, you didn't do a job. And in fact, you failed and stole from the government and ended up in jail. But this isn't, you know, don't focus on who. Focus on the what happened. And I'm just reminding you all of the facts to put everything in context because sometimes that is required. Of course, I believe in forgiveness and redemption and all this kind of stuff. And it doesn't mean because he failed then that he's going to fail now, or it doesn't even mean that he doesn't have a good idea now. That's not what I was saying. I just thought it particularly interesting that when you were being paid by the people of this country to do a job, you weren't doing it then and you were failing and you were doing other things. You know, by yesterday afternoon, I was talking to my girlfriend about it. And she's a like, girl, she said, you cracks me up. And some of us have really short memories because she said, we were talking about something. I said, remember when Joey had his show? I forget what the show was called now. See, some of the details I'm not gonna remember, but she didn't even remember the show. And he was like running for politics, but it was a real theatrical performance. And he was putting on, I mean, he was cussing everybody and he got sued for defamation. 
because he was going after some upstanding people in the community, like, you know, the Scott family, Mr. Danny Scott and others. And they said, no, no, Bobo, not today. And so he got sued and he lost and they had an injunction against him and he had to take all that foolishness down, you know, that he had posted up. But it was a situation where he was out of control. He was spiraling out of control. And a lot of people did not recognize it. And I remember at the time my girlfriend saying to me um, that, you know, we, like she was going to Northside to watch the show and she's like, you want to come? And I said, no, because I recognize that something wasn't right with this situation. Yes, it was amusing. Some people thought it was funny, whatever, but it spoke to something else that was psychologically going on. So, you know, when we heard about the drugs and whatever afterwards, I was like, eh, I'm not surprised because the behavior was indicative of someone that was clearly out of control in some way, whether it was a mental health break or it was fueled by drugs, you know, at the end of the day, it still was indicative of that. So I want us to focus on the salient points that were made in terms of, okay, now you have an epiphany. Now you have an idea. Now you have clarity in life. That's fine. But here's why those points are flawed. So Jonathan still thinks even after yesterday's discussion that he had interesting points. Interesting points don't mean that they're actually a good point. <laughs> I mean, something can be interesting, but it can be logically flawed. You know, Jonathan, when I was in university, I, it's just so funny how sometimes life, you do certain things and you think, oh, I'm just going to do this just because, and it ends up being a pivotal moment in your life when the way that you think is altered, right? So I took this course in logic. I don't even know why I took it. I think I was just trying to hurry up and get to university, use up some credits. And so you, know, you get to that point in your, your courses where you've done all the mandatory stuff for your prerequisites, the first two years. So you do like your math, your social science, your um, foreign language, which I didn't have to do because my Spanish was so good. They were like, oh, honey, child, you can opt out of that. I was like, oh, save myself some money. So I had a lot of credits and whatever. So I did a course in logic. Mm, mm, mm. And can I tell you, my, my takeaway from that is how incredibly illogical human beings are. Logic is a science. I know we say it all the time when you talk about common sense, not common anymore. But in fact, it never has been, <laughs> if you really want to know the truth. Logic is a science. And it, it taught me how to, like, you know, okay, the hypothesis is A. And then how do you get to the conclusion? And you have to be really careful how you try to draw conclusions. And so one of the things that course taught me is to always question when people come to you with a conclusion, something they put towards you and they say, this is a fact or this. And I, and I start to pick it apart because I'm like, mm, hold on a second. And so his idea is interesting, but his idea is flawed. And yesterday we pointed out why. So it's always about the behavior. And, and believe me, you, I'm not trying to be mean because if I were, I'm going to just give you an example here. Say for, let's take Joey as an example. If this was me trying to be mean towards Joey, child, I would have pumped out those transcripts from the courts telling you so much more about the foreign trips that were being 
fabricated claiming to be business and what was actually going on on those trips. And I stayed away from that purposely because I'm not trying to, you know, make it personal in any way. And even that wouldn't be personal because it's a matter, it's in court records. <laughs> it's a matter of public record. Anybody could literally go and read it if they wanted to, but that that's far removed from the conversation. The bigger, the bigger point here is when this person said to me, oh, you know, he's family. I'm like, that's great. And I really don't care. I just want to remind everyone that because we live in such a small society, sometimes this is why we can't speak on certain things. Why y'all are so afraid to speak up about child molesters is because each and every one of you know one. Normally, it's somebody in your family. You know that uncle that everybody always talked about. The like for the little girls and boys to come sit on his lap for one minute too long. You know that grandfather that used to touch you in an uncomfortable way. Hmm? Or the cousin who has been molesting other cousins since he was nine and ten years old. Oh, Athena says amen. The Lord. She knows what I'm talking about and so do all of you. All of us know a child molester in the family, myself included. And you're not speaking on it because y'all are afraid to offend people. And this is the difference between me and you. I'm not afraid to offend people because we've had so many people in our communities hurt because we don't want to speak out on certain things. Child abuse is but one example. John says true. Ingrid is feeling me. Jasara knows what I'm talking about. How many of you, let's, let's just have a moment of honesty here. How many of you know someone in your family, whether immediate or beyond, who is a child molester? You've heard the stories and you believe them and you know them to be true. And yet because of who we are, John says we need to speak out without fear. Yes, because of who they are, how they're connected to you bringing shame on the family, your parents. Oh my God, don't talk about this. None of us want to speak on it. And you know what happens when we don't speak on it? <clears throat> Someone uh, recently messaged me and they said, oh, this person that's on your show, do you know their child molester? And I said, yes, I have heard that for years now. They used to molest little boys in the family. I've heard it. And yet, what am I to do about it? Because the people who at the time it was happening, should have stood up for those children and should have done something, did nothing. They remain silent. So now this person is seen as somebody in society and they're coming on CMR and you know their reputation. I've heard of their reputation. I don't know firsthand, but I've heard it. What do you want me to do? See, this is why I ended up in court with Matthew Leslie and lost that court case. Cause y'all would tell me all these stories. And when I come out here and speak on it, I look behind and there's nobody standing there going, yes, Sandy, I'm one of those victims. Let me come on your show and support what you are saying to be the truth. Because y'all focus on the person. Let's focus on the behavior. And start exposing people for who they are and what they are. So listen, in the coming weeks, I'm going to have a new board in the office here. One of the reasons I'm actually upgrading the board, because you know this one that I have here right now is brand new. But one of the reasons that I'm upgrading it is that new board has the ability 
to allow you to call into the show and I actually disguise your voice. Jesus help us. Isn't that amazing? Because you can now, I'm going to remove one of the reasons y'all are afraid because y'all be calling me, oh, Sandy, I don't want nobody to know it's me. Nobody can know it's you here shortly. You can actually call in 936-2626. Call Bobo. It's still amazing that here we are in 2022 and people are talking about they're afraid to speak out. Mm, mm, mm. That is why when I talk about politicians, I tell them, listen, don't take it personal. You know, It's not about you. I might like you as a person and despise you as a politician. And my concern here is what you do as a politician, because that's what we're paying you for. That's your job. That's your contribution. And you're getting paid handsomely. So, you know, sometimes I throw in, why is this politician always hanging out at South Coast Bar or always hanging out at the farm or whatever? I'm not trying to attack those individuals. This is about they put themselves in a position where they talk about, oh, we stand for family values. I'm a family man. I have a wife and children and this and that. And every Sunday they want to jump up and go to church. And I'm like, hold on a second here now. Because I see contradictory behavior. And logic, going back to that course on logic, tells me that if you're going to contradict yourself with these core values, you better believe you can contradict yourself in politics too. And you're going to be conflicted. And that conflict in politics will cause you to be having your handout. You become the, what was it, the 10 percenter? Where you always got to take 10% off of a deal. You always got to have your hands out. So even when those people are no longer in politics, but they get put on boards, you know, I'd be like, woo, honey child, why? Why are we putting them on a board? Knowing their history, why they were in politics. Dirty. Always trying to take money. No, sir. So anybody's fair game, my husband, children, you know, I, I, I do my best with children now. I try to keep it relatively positive until a child puts themselves out there. And then I say, hold on, you're 16 years old, you're 15 years old, and you think you're man or woman enough to be doing this in public? Well, let's talk about it. You're my sister. You're my brother. You're my cousin. Don't feel that that offers you any protection in life when you're up to your shenanigans. In fact, I had a cousin recently, some young ladies contacted me about, and I was so shocked what these young ladies were telling me. They're like, oh, he's a woman beater. He's this, he's that. And I said, really? Oh my God. I was shocked. I was like, what the Ross going on around you? So, you know me, honey child, I was so shocked. It took me a minute. It, it was like when that woman drank out of my tamarind drink. Remember I telling y'all about that last week? I was so shocked. I still paid the woman and walked away with the drink and then threw it away. It took a minute to sink in what she had just done. I'm, I was looking at her like, what the hell? So listen, I messaged this cousin, younger cousin, different generation. I said, listen, I just heard some really disturbing things about you. And I'm, I'm still hoping that they're not true, but I also know that these young ladies are not lying to me. 
forcing yourself on them sexually. I'm like, boy, what's wrong with you? And I said, but let me make it very clear. These are allegations. And if any of these women decide to come on record and speak on this, I'm telling you, we're going to have that show. And you don't need to feel that because you're my cousin <laughs> that you're going to get a pass. Because I know some of y'all be going, oh, I'm Sandy's family. She don't got to say nothing about me. You, you're not paying attention. You've been missing a few episodes, <laughs> right? Because everybody knows that that's not true. Child, I got my own nieces who tell me they're not going to talk to me because I put up their mummy for not paying bills when she was a group of other people who wouldn't borrow money from people and don't want to pay it back. I said, well, that sucks to be you. <laughs> if you don't want to talk, about, talk to me, that's on you, honey child. I'm not missing much in that discourse. But I can't show favoritism towards somebody just because they're my blood. What, what, what? That don't make no sense. Lovelet says, yep, I'm, I was a victim of child molestation by a family member. I mean, I hate to tell y'all that this is something that is happening all the time. Cheverly says they aren't people you should be afraid to offend. They don't deserve that decency. Hmm. Omeria, good morning. John says, preach it, Sandy. Miss Beulah says, even when you speak out or report it, nothing is done. Miss Beulah, you have to keep speaking out. And let me tell you why. The police have a different protocol, child. Now they claim that they have this child safeguarding unit. Let, let's hope that does a better job than the unit that was there that predated them. Because, yes, they, they, need, they need some help. And it's like if you don't have a case that is, like, open and shut, you find it very, very difficult for the judicial system. And when I say the judicial system, I mean the police and the courts to really come through for victims. And I see it every single day. I sit in court sometimes. Jurors, listen, jurors are so fickle. I cannot even, some days I just sit there and shake my head at jurors. You don't know. They, they like the wind. All this evidence before them and they can still let somebody walk. It's just, it's bizarre sometimes. And yet, speaking out on it in this community, as small as it is, even if the person doesn't get convicted, people will still know this is somebody you better keep away from your children, just add an abundance of caution. People are aware and people need to share that information since we can't get a sex offenders registry all now. We need to share that unofficially with each other. So Ms. Beulah, you know, you let, let's give you a hypothetical situation. You got a son-in-law that came here from Jamaica that's using your daughter to be able to remain in Cayman Isles. Completely hypothetical. When she's in the hospital having a baby, his child, he goes after her little 12-year-old girl that not for him. Starts the grooming process, starts to fundle her up. Next thing you know, he gonna be jumping on top of this child. You report that to the mass unit, they do nothing about it. Because the same no good mother who is allowing this man to come here and use her marriage of convenience, and she has no self-esteem, who lets this man, now because she, she now knows about it. The child confides and tells people in the family, this is what this man was doing while his wife was in a hospital having his child. 
And you know what this no good Caymanian mother does? She refuses to believe the child. And then she turns around and promises the child, oh, I'm going to buy you an iPhone if you don't tell the police what really happened. Jesus, help us. Mm-mm-mm. I'm telling you all this is a hypothetical, but you know. There's a lot of details in this story. Facts. So 12, 13-year-old child doesn't understand that you don't you don't give up your, your virtue and you don't lie for an iPhone. Your mother has this taught you an unfortunate, I don't even know what it is in life. She has taught you that, that somehow lying is what you should do. And about something so incredibly serious. Of course, the mass unit can't do nothing. If the victim doesn't give them the full story or the true story, there's only so much they can do in these types of situations as well. The man is also already convicted for public indecency because he was driving his father's car in town as a total stranger was jogging and starts to masturbate and jerk off. And this total stranger was so shocked and so disgusted by this. She took a picture of the vehicle and called 911. But we're gonna let these people remain here in this country. Yesterday, we ended the program talking about some of the artists that we're allowing in, some of the so-called entertainers. But it's not just them. It's all kind of people that we're allowing in, including child molesters and people who expose themselves in public. This is a person who clearly has some sort of sexual deviancy. You understand what I'm saying? But the Caymanian wife is going to protect him. But Ms. Beulah, you now, as the person connected to this situation, have an obligation, although the police and the courts are unable to do anything, to make sure everybody, well, he, he got convicted for the one against a total stranger, but not against his own stepdaughter. Imagine that. Imagine the irony in that situation. Slap on the wrist. A decent exposure doesn't get you much of anything. Oh, probation, blah, blah, blah. It's like people don't realize that, damn, if this guy is going to do this to a total stranger, what wouldn't he do with people living in his household? But you have an obligation to let people know. Keep your children away from this man. He is sick. People in your family, if you go to a family event and you see him there, you tell people, don't make your children go over there. So that man is dangerous to children and adults, total strangers, apparently. So don't stop speaking out. Nathena says, let's focus on the truth. The cold, hard truth. Ingrid says this is one topic that always rips me apart. The sad thing is, is it rips a lot of people apart. I hear people all the time who are talking about the fact that they are victims, survivors of child abuse, but then sometimes they are so damaged themselves. I see them on social media and other places. When a, when a young child is in a situation, I see them questioning the young child. 
oh, why was she there? Why was she dressed this way? And I'm like, what is wrong with you? We need to change the way that we think on this issue. Everton says this also goes to the single ladies who have daughters. Be careful the men that you bring it around young girls. Yes. And sometimes it's not even that you bring them, like you go to a family function. How many times have we have seen this in the paper recently, right in CMR? The little girl goes inside to the bathroom by herself and some man follows her. And in those split seconds, he's able to molest and rape your children. You have to keep an eye out 24-7, folks. Ingrid said, for that reason and my bad experience, I never, ever trust no one with my two boys, even right now. Athena says they're hiding behind the mask, or should I say voice? It's sad. Jonathan says, it's kind of like how I wonder many people that watch this show that like to burn ganja, but don't speak on it, speak up to legalize it. Well, maybe they don't want to legalize it, but that's not, that's not really comparing apples to apples. We need to get past this, um, whole mentality of, oh, I can't speak up because the person's a family member. Children are self-harming themselves in this community. Some are even committing suicide. Because in a moment when a parent should have spoken up for them, the parent decided it was more important to preserve the family reputation. And you think people in this country don't know? You don't have no reputation. I don't care who you are in this community. If you allow these types of secrets to remain in your family. If you allow, whether it's a juvenile sex offender, an elderly sex offender, you allow them to go through one generation after the next in your family. Because when you remain silent, you know who you're hurting and who you're protecting? You're hurting the victims and you are protecting the perpetrators. Rocio says it's time to take out the dirty clothes of so many, not only politicians, police, migration staff, abusing of these positions to do favors. And speaking of that, I'm sure you guys would have seen the article about one of our own RCIPS officers who allegedly, because he hasn't been found guilty yet, threatened a victim in a murder case to keep her mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Or else. Police officer. They don't need to throw him in jail if he's found guilty. They need to throw his ass under the jail. Because every single day people sit here and talk about their mistrust for the police. You call in a report. Next thing you know, it doesn't reach the person. And a lot of people are like, no, that don't really happen. Really? Evidently, the allegation is there. We can't name this person. I just found out last night who he is. And Jesus, peace. I was like, what? That's who it is? 
on the one hand, after I, my initial shock, I wasn't surprised because this dude think his shit don't stink from the second he landed gay man. Oh, yeah, he wanted them. Get a little police job and he think he's somebody. Oh, my God. And you want to know the irony of it? I cannot tell you who he, who he is because it's under court order. So, you know, they'd throw me in jail quicker than they would throw him in jail. But the irony of this individual is years ago, this would have been, I don't even know when. There's some, one of the many complaints, um, the many times I've been arrested, child, I've, I've literally lost count in the years, kind of melt together. And I went to the police station and they were processing me, whatever. And for some reason, the police and their slackness left me, a woman, in a room with only this particular male officer. Now, y'all want to hear some ish? Listen to this. And he's supposed to be the one processing because, you know, they do like, they take your DNA sample. They um, take a photo. They look if you have any, ask you about any marks, like um, tattoos or whatever, right? Identifying marks, all this stuff. There's an intake process, right? Um, now I've, listen, I've never spent a night in jail in my life, but this is part of the process when they arrest you and they're going to do all this foolishness. In fact, I've only had this done the one time. So I don't, I don't even know when they determine how it's going to work. But anyway, so they leave me in here with this guy. And all of a sudden he starts asking me personal questions like, Oh, what is a pretty girl like you doing without a husband? I was like, what the, what the, excuse me. Cause you know, I'm already not in the mood already because you, you asses come and arrest me a bunch of one pile of foolishness. I was like, what? And again, you know, you find yourself in a situation, you're so shocked by what's happening in that moment that sometimes you don't respond the way that you really have always thought you would. Because in my head, I'm that bad bitch. You say something like that to me and I'm going to get up and box you down, but I'm really not. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there going, what are you saying to me? Like, I'm confused. I'm like, let's just focus on your job. Anyway, he go on and on and on and on with his dirty movements, trying to make dirty movements with me while I'm in police custody. You know, y'all listen to what I'm saying. And this is how people can be put in vulnerable situations by the system. And the system that, that it should have never happened that I was in a room while in police custody by myself with a male officer only. That, go, that goes against every common sense protocol and it should be every protocol that they have on the books. So I'm sitting here listening to this fool. And um, then afterwards now, you know, they're going to release me in my own recognizances. I've never had to pay any bail or anything like that. I'm like, all right, just let me get out of here. And he got to take down, um, oh, I want my phone number. I said, listen here. He got to take down a little piece of paper and write down his number and hand it to me. I was like, wow. Here, if you want to call me. I'm like, really? This is what I did walking out the door. I crumbled it up in a ball. Right, the garbage was set by the door. Bloop! Right in the garbage and walked out the door. Then I sat on it for a minute and I kept it kept bothering me. And I'm, I remember at the time talking to my girlfriend, Sarah, about it. I'm like, Sarah, you know, this should have never happened. This is just so wrong, blah, blah, blah. I reached out to the professional unit. What are they called again? Perfect. Whatever the police supposed to have this unit with, with some of their bad behavior. Professional standards unit. Yes. 
And I remember it distinctly because the gentleman that I reached out to, to make a complaint about what has transpired, he was actually a um, Englishman, but he had the last name McLaughlin, but it was spelled with an O. And I always thought to myself, how many McLaughlins are there um, in Cayman that aren't even really Caymanians? And so I reported this matter to the RCIPS. The same person is now the one who is alleged. I'm just looking at my emails. So it was Peter McLaughlin who was actually um, part of this professional standards units back in the day. Gave them the information on the officer. And clearly, nothing not done with him because he's still working for the RCIPS. <laughs> Going around now, he's so bold after nothing happening to him all these years that evidently he now going around allegedly threatening victims who wanted to come forward and speak to the police in a murder case. That is what this woman has got on the stand and said. Now understand me very, very clearly because it's not every day you're going to find people who want to get up and help the police in a murder case. And when you have people like him interfering in that process, that should be, listen, he should go to jail for 25 years right along with everybody else. They undermine the entire police force with their foolishness. This is not Jamaica. It's not Honduras. It is not America. It's a small community. And in small communities, people can be very fearful of speaking up. Everybody's connected. I saw some of the social media comments and people were like, oh, but you guys are naming her. Isn't she in police custody? This, that, and the next thing. She's not in protective custody. I don't know if they've offered it and she's refused it. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Uh-oh. Hello, caller. Mm -hmm. I can't hear you. Oh, gosh. I don't know what happened. Couldn't hear. Call back, caller. Good morning. Good morning, honey child. How are you? I'm good, honey child. What's going on? Mm-mm-mm. My darling, I just want to confirm what you're saying. You're hitting the nail right on the head this morning. Mm -hmm. I myself have had experience. Let me give you my latest one. Mm -hmm. Someone called from Belford Estate. Love music was disrupting them that they couldn't mm -hmm. sleep. Mm -hmm. So we went up and we did our investigations parked in front of the police, called the police, mm -hmm. and the police couldn't even hear what we were saying. So mm -hmm. we moved away and we then filed the report. And they in return 
We, after they filed a report, we drove around a bit, came back, and when we was turning back into Belford Estate, we saw cars leaving us and mm-hmm. police reach. So we goes and on the other lane and park there, and while we're parked there, we can hear um, people talking in bottles, like they're cleaning up. And when I look in the rearview mirror, there goes the police. I say, yes, the police came and cut it off and gone. Mm-hmm. When I followed up now on my report and find out what the police did, oh, they didn't find music. Mm-hmm. They did not find out music and not knowing that I was uh, at the scene. Mm-hmm. They put in the report, no loud music was found. They stuck around for a while and didn't hear anything, which is not, which was not true. Mm-hmm. I myself called up, emailed um, professional standards have them investigate me. We have too many police officers with this type of behavior, and it's a norm where they come from, mm-hmm. so they tend to do it here. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. They have this tendency, which did happen to me, and with this said report, what's your name? Mm-hmm. What's your phone number? Where do you live? Oh, like this, it tries to interrogate the, 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 the person that is making the report. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say we're gonna call him back when he come back on duty and ask him if he knows what happened to the last officer that tried that stunt. He no longer has a job as a police mm-hmm. officer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Making the report in return, they want to terrorize you mm-hmm. as if it's you is the problem. Mm-hmm. That's the mentality some of these police officers have. Mm-hmm. I personally have had an officer, I made a regarding a car parked in the road, blocking traffic, and the officer went and tell the person who it was made the report. So I know you ain't lying. I know mm-hmm. people ain't lying. Mm-hmm. It's happening in our police force. They are doing it and putting people's lives at danger, at risk. Mm-hmm. It needs to stop. I'm not going to tell you that we don't have a few, which I personally can count on one hand, upstanding, mm-hmm. trusting officers. Mm-hmm. But if the majority is, is, is corrupt, oh my gosh, how are they to survive mm-hmm. is my question. Mm-hmm. We need back some quality police. And do I mean, I don't have anything against Jamaicans. I do not. I love Jamaicans. I don't have anything. I don't matter of fact, I don't hate nobody. But you tell, when you have the problem, when people are calling the, the station and telling them they have this problem and do not send no Jamaican police to them. Mm-hmm. It's because these majority of these Jamaicans officers, they either is, they feel say it's a norm where they come from for people to behave this way and do these things in our communities. You understand? Uh-huh. Or we even had an officer says, I roughly know Jamaican feathers here because then I don't know when I got bucking back up a yard or I send and kill my family uh-huh. back home. Uh-huh. Why did they tend to come here and involve themselves in law enforcement if uh-huh. so be the case? I feel their pain if so be, so be the case. But at the end of the day, you're in the wrong job uh-huh. if you uh-huh. have that kind of fear. 
You is in the wrong job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I cannot get the opportunity to have a meeting with our governor to explain these things, what the communities are referred me. Mm-hmm. But honey child, I'm waiting on him to come back on Cayman Mall Road. Oh yes. <laughs> Have yourself a blessed day. Thank you, my darling. <laughs> what a mess. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -hmm. But you know, when people in the communities are expressing these concerns and they're having these issues, it is the the duty of the RCIPS to pay attention and to do something about it. You understand what I'm saying? That that's what we're paying them to do. Lack of confidence. The police claim that they're doing a whole bunch of oh, they're all about community policing. That's all good. Again, yesterday I was talking about smoke screens and optics, right? That's fine, except when it comes down to substance. If people don't actually see it. When they pull back that veil, they will never trust the police. And it's officers like this one, like Miss Amelia. She's not saying that it's everybody in the force, but it's officers like this guy that make you not trust the entire system. Andrea says it happens all over the world. Some police are no good. Nathina says when it happens, write down the police car license plate number and badge name, you know, some officers, let me tell you how ignorant some officers are, right? People are on the scene and when they're in public doing their duty, if you wanna whip out your camera and take a photo or record it, that's on you. The police can't tell you that you can't do that. But they be telling people, oh, you can't record me. Officer, you're in public, you're wearing a uniform, you're doing a public duty on a public street. And of course I can record you and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Imagine the people in the United States of America, Floyd, um, what was his name again? Forgive me for not remembering his name, but the one who was literally choked to death on a sidewalk, begging for his mother in the big United States of America. Those officers would have gone unpunished because the severity of the nine plus minutes that they had that man on the ground with their knee on his throat would have never been fully understood if a citizen was not there recording the entire thing. How many police, police shootings around the world would have gone with no justice, right? No arrest, nothing, if a citizen was not sitting there recording, recording it? George Floyd. Thank you, Marshall. And yet here in the Cayman Islands, we still have officers who believe erroneously that they can tell citizens in the street, oh, you can't take a picture of me. You can't record me. They need to stop the lies and the foolishness to people in the community. Caller, good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandy. Mason. I'm here. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? Good. Well, you, you, you are hitting a very important topic this morning. Well, you you are hitting a number of important topics, but uh, uh, one of them of, is is the one relating to complaints. You go and complain to the professional standards unit, and uh, you find that the people there are maybe sometimes even worse than the police officer whom might have uh, done the deed, so to speak. Mm. 
And for me, I have experienced this both in relation to the police, but that's a discussion for another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one I want to talk about today is the in relation to the judiciary. I know it is a hot topic, but I want to talk about it in general terms. Mm-hmm. You see, uh, in the judiciary, um, well, let me make a general statement first. In modern governments, there are a lot of complaint bodies, what you call institutions supporting democracy. Uh, the Information Commissioner's Office, um, Ombudsman, um, Judicial and Legal Service Commission, and all those. And a lot of those are in the nature of complaint bodies. One thing that I have come to know over all these years is a lot of times when governments put in place those, those institutions, they are merely forced to put them in place because normally governments don't like supervision. And this is what happened in the judiciary. In the judiciary, for the first time, mm-hmm. in 2009, uh, the Constitution introduced uh, a system by which you could complain against judges. Mm-hmm. Historically, you didn't complain against judges. I mean, th- these are sort of like modern things coming in. And you can complain against a judge if they misconduct themselves. You can't complain about if you just lose a case, you just appeal it. But if you've got a problem uh, with the way the judges behave, you, you can complain. And credit to the people who did the 2009 Constitution. They put in there not just the Judicial and Legal Service Commission, but it also has power to draw rules uh, to ensure that if you complain, you want to complain against a judge, you go to the commission, which is a different set of people. Even in a small community, I know that they tend to know each other, but just the mere fact that it's a separate institution, mm-hmm. that is supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. But you know what happened? That body heard something like, um, when it was put together, it heard about nine complaints against judges. And this is in their report, which is on their website. Mm-hmm. But people in the judiciary didn't like it. They said, no, no, we don't want the Judicial and Legal Services Commission to be, to be, to be checking on us. Mm-hmm. So they amended the Constitution. And, and this, this happened so quickly, and because they didn't consult on the Constitution, the Constitution was amended so that today, if you have a complaint against a judge, you go to the Chief Justice. But how can you get the same institution to supervise itself? This is not done anywhere in the Commonwealth. Even in the UK, they've got a different body, an ombudsman for judges in Australia and New Zealand. They have a different body. But here it is, we have regressed now. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. now it is the Chief Justice who does that. And I can tell you, it doesn't work. You can go there with a, a, a whole number of cases and so on. The Chief Justice won't do anything about it. And I have used the system. I've tried to complain more than once against uh, one judge, in fact, two judges. Uh, and it never works. You are always receiving a, a, a document which says, sorry, there is nothing here. Mm-hmm. In other countries, in Ontario, where I'm calling from here, in Ontario, mm-hmm. if you complain against a judge, if you complain against a judge, it goes through a filtering system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If they think that it can't be resolved um, in a friendly way, and if they think it is made a prima facie case, mm-hmm. then it goes public. And even the day when there's a hearing against a judge, it is public. Mm-hmm. You lived in Florida for a long time. Even in Florida, that's the same thing that happens. Mm-hmm. But in, in Iran, particularly since 2016, you don't know how many judges were complained against. You don't know what the result was. In fact, recently in Ontario, there was a judge who the hearing was, was broadcast. It was, you could actually, you know, like, like, like click on it, mm-hmm. and it was streamed live. 
But in Cayman, we don't have that. And, and I'm trying to work now with a, with a number of, just as I conclude here, I'm trying to work with a number of people to see if we can um, have it legally required that these uh, things be made public. Uh, we want to see if uh, all court proceedings can be by law recorded verbatim mm-hmm, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of falsification of rec- recording. I mean, we are lucky now that a lot of with, with COVID, a lot of the cases were being uh, heard on Zoom anyway. But we want it to be put it in such a way that you can uh, you have to actually record it verbatim, and then that way yes. you can be able to get to get greater accountability. Exactly. Well, I've got a lot of stuff on that, but uh, but I'll call you another time regarding some other aspects of this. So that's all for today. Thanks very. Thank you. I appreciate it, my dear. Yeah, there's so many things in this jurisdiction that remain um, extremely antiquated. I mean, I agree with the caller that we all should have the ability to see court cases, just like millions of people around the world sat down and watched the Johnny Depp case. I mean, that's just but one example. There are criminal cases all the time and some civil proceedings in the U.S. that are open for the entire world to go and see. The courthouse has cameras and it's being not just recorded, but you can go in on the live and you can see the entire thing. And it keeps everybody in check, right? And unfortunately, that just doesn't happen in this jurisdiction because we're an English jurisdiction and, well, the U.K. still does things a little bit differently. Hmm. Imagine. The conversation this morning, folks, is resonating with a number of individuals. This person says, Sandy, my girlfriend told me that she got molested in her family, but she couldn't do anything and came in. I don't even know what to do because her family, she's family to everybody and came in. This is a, this, this could be anyone in Cayman saying this because this is such a common thing over and over and over again. So what ends up happening is the victim is the one who lives in fear. The victim is the one who lives in silence. That that person is the one who will struggle their entire lives with no support from their loved ones or anybody else because basically your family tells you, oh, you need to forget about it. You need to get over it. While the perpetrator continues to be able to go out there and and rake up more, more victims. And they they actually are allowed to walk around this community like they're somebody. They're not nobody. If you are that type of person who can molest, especially a child, you are no one. And I know, given how many child molesters we have in this country, y'all listening to the program right now. And I may not know you by name, honey child. Some of y'all I know. And there are others that I don't. I see one the other day on Facebook. Talking about he's celebrating his anniversary with his wife. But he didn't remember the little girl that he used to abuse that is now an adult and a mother and struggling to just keep her life together. So you get to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries. You've never gone to jail. Nothing you think has happened to you. And I'm here to tell you that you still not nobody. I don't care who you are. If you have done that, when you look in the mirror, you hear my words this morning, and this should be seared into your brain, that you are no one. This community should never elevate you. And some of y'all politicians, you know what I'm talking about too. You are nobody but a child molester. 
couple years ago, there was an MP and his brother on social media. And boy, them Georgetowners need to be ashamed of themselves because everybody knows the story about this particular duo. And these stories go far and wide. I've heard so many young men saying, oh, I was molested by him. I was offered a job. I was plied with alcohol and molested by him. And then the brother would take pictures and this and that. It was like a tag team and duo of child molestation right in Georgetown. One young man even said to me, um, Sandy, you know, when it all started, my grandmother said to me, oh, they offered you a job. Okay. But you must be careful your hair. And as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, he didn't know what that meant. Because y'all old people not got no damn sense when it comes to protecting your children. How can you tell a 10-year-old child that they must be careful with a child molester? The, The boy didn't know what she was talking about. So you literally send this child into the lion's den with no protection because they want a little summer job and you got to tell them, but they must be careful. Something is wrong at the core of who we are when it comes to this particular topic. Of course, the child had no clue what granny was talking about and he became yet another victim again. Mm-mm-mm. And so some years ago, we were having a, um, they all, they all wrapped up in the progressives party, but it don't make no difference. Pack progressive, child molesters all over the place, child. And they love to get involved in politics and other things in life. And they all over the place. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say nothing more, but already people know exactly who I'm talking about. Cause the story is people know that they are child molesters in this community and y'all not doing nothing. Oh, they're business people. Listen. I don't know how this gets under my skin. So they were on their high horse defending the progressives. And I can't remember what I said to them. I said something. They got to retort back at me. Oh, but you in court, this was with the whole nation building fiasco, which I was vindicated, right? They can jump up. Oh, but you, you're a thief. You're in court for stealing from the government. I said, here you go, Bobo. Let, let, let me make sure that we can get this door straight. Number one. I have not stolen a single dime from anybody and most certainly not the Cayman Islands government. And I will be vindicated in court. I eventually was. But I said, here, you know, when it comes to name calling, I would, you can call me a thief any day of the week. But I'm not a child molester like you bunch. I went there right on Facebook, right on social media. Jared, I call them out on social media. I said, call me a thief because that is not an insult when I know I did nothing wrong. I'm going to call the two of you child molesters, huh? Well, that was the day I got blocked. (laughs) They blocked me as friends, unfriended me, whatever. Like I really care, child molesters. And that was that and deleted my comment. But the truth stands. You can call me anything you want, but don't call me a child molester because that I'm not. You, on the other hand, need to shut the foot. You know what I'm saying? I'm like the audacity of these people, but this is what I'm telling you, is they walk around in this community 
believing that they're somebody because we have allowed them to think that. Andrea says men here are sexually abusing their kids. They're abusing everybody that they can get access to. Debbie says, preach it. A lot need to hear this. Marshall says, now their grandma should have known better and should have told them to stay away from these individuals. Like I said, the, the, the stupidity of what parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles do. They're not protecting victims in this community. They're throwing them right in. Tell me, you must be careful. What the hell a 10-year-old going to do? with a hardback man who knows how to groom them, how to ply them with drugs and alcohol to be able to sexually abuse them. There are people in this community who cannot live in Cayman because they can't take running into their child molesters every time they go to the grocery store. Stacy says most of these police officers are so unprofessional. I know a couple of them. Trust me, these things can't talk on air. Well, they need to start being talked is the problem. Same situation with that that one that is um was just convicted the other day with the sexual assault case. Right? You ask anybody, women at the gym, who he is, and they're gonna tell you his reputation. What he's been doing. What he's been up to for years. Nobody shouldn't have been surprised when he ended up in court for a let. Now he's convicted of what he did to that woman. And he trying to play it off like, oh, it was just a threesome and she was participating. Uh, hear me and hear me good. A lot of these police officers are no good. They're disgusting. And this is not something that just started today. You guys know. One of the truths that was brought up in my trial with Matthew Leslie was the fact there was this case way back in the day of police officers being involved in having sexual intercourse with female inmates at lockup in Georgetown. This not no hearsay. And you know how I know it's not hearsay? One of the inmates got pregnant and all of a sudden they go, but hold on a second now, how the hell this woman got pregnant? This don't make no sense. They do the, the math. She's been in custody for this long and she's now pregnant. That means she got pregnant while she was in police custody. Those of you who don't know this story, I can give you a little bit of education this morning. Yeah. Debbie says, mic drop. Allie says, speak it, Sandy. Tracy says it's a vicious cycle. The victims are silenced and shamed, and that's why so many don't come forward. So come to find out what was actually happening. English police officers and Caymanian sitting there as a young recruit, as a lookout, was sitting down because they used to have the, the cells where you had to walk a long corridor to get to the lockup cells, yeah? And he would sit there as lookout. And these officers are having, you're not having sex with them. This is called sexual assault. These women are in custody. Some of them are drug addicts, whatever. They don't want to get in trouble with their families. And they are abusing their position as police officers. 
You understand? Raping women in police custody. This is the Cayman Islands and this not just today. You understand? And this is what was happening. And as a result of that, one of those women became pregnant. That's how the whole thing came bust. And then they have internal investigation and the primary perpetrator was able to return back to the UK, run from this jurisdiction and able mm -hmm. to conveniently leave. No one has ever, no one has ever been held accountable for that egregious and criminal behavior. And, and you know, when that Caymanian person is being the lookout, they learn that behavior. So they think, say, well, that is okay. Him. Try and him. And, and then, you know, Sandy, when you look at the, the, the mental health department and the head of the mental health department, we say, oh, you know, we can't do this. We can't. Well, I can't say mm -hmm. you can't do that. But Sandy, I don't know what the mental health legislation good for if, if the mental health department can't really solve all of these behavioral problems that, because, you know, somebody that go to that trauma of rape, molestation, all of those things, that mm -hmm. is no easy fix. And the mental health act legislation does not do nearly enough they don't got no funding they, they got they got this new fancy building which is kudos to them but you you don't see the prioritization of listen it. jaren let me tell you something recently i was having a conversation with a politician they said oh you know this person had it had come to my attention that this person had molested a young person 25 percent of all molesters are actually teenagers they're underage legally Y'all need to listen to this as parents, because what that means is when your kids are outside playing in the neighborhood, hanging out with their cousin or neighborhood friends, they could potentially be a victim. And as parents, it is your responsibility to protect your children. You need to protect them from their own cousins. This is a fact. And I was having this conversation with a politician. They said, well, you know, Sandy, it's so much more difficult when the perpetrator and the victim are both children. I said, listen to me. Please go and educate yourself. It is still predatory. It is still a problem. And what you are doing is you are taking someone who as a teenager is already preying on people around them and you're turning him into someone because again, you do nothing because, oh, he's a teenager, he's a kid. And somehow that means you get a pass because you're a kid and you're a child molester, because we can't work our brain around how that, how that happens. Most of the time it's because that child has also been victimized. Let's be very clear. A lot of it is a repeated cycle of abuse. If you see a young child and some of them start very young, even preteens, starting to act out and do certain things, over-sexualize, you need to look at what's happening in that child's life because chances are somebody is doing something to them. Nothing is done about it and it becomes a vicious cycle. And I said to this politician, I said, listen, all of you as politicians and as people in this community need to start educating yourselves about this thing called abuse, about sexual abuse. Because the thing that teenager needs is not to be shielded and sent off because his family can afford to send him to boarding school or send him to Tampa or somewhere overseas. What he actually needs is intense therapy because he will become an adult perpetrator and continue to hurt children. He will not stop 
And one day he might buck up, especially if in the States, he might buck up on the wrong side of a barrel because somebody can stop him. Parents, stop playing around with this discussion. Start being proactive, preparing your children. Don't make your children, I don't care if they're cousin or who they are. You can't just make your children hang out with people willy-nilly without adult supervision. You have to do your job. Now I know it's hard to think, damn, a child can't even go somewhere by themselves at nine, 10 years old and just hang out with their friends. You need to be keeping an eye on it because those same friends and family members who are one or two years older than them and sometimes the same age are the same ones molesting them. There was an incident here in a government school, John Gray High School, where a young lady went into um, the guidance office or some common area. Of course, the adult get up and leave her and another little boy in there. And that little boy raped her. And he's actually younger than her. A little Jamaican boy that came here. Say, say she's, I might not have the exact age, but say she's like 12 or 13. He was like 11 or whatever. But he's already so over-sexualized because he's probably been abused himself. He sexually molested her and the mother just months ago was on the phone crying about how her daughter doesn't want us to go to school. She's not functioning. And meanwhile, the school not doing nothing. The police holding, I look into it. I share these real life stories of exactly what is happening in the Cayman Islands so that you know that this is a serious indictment on us as a community because it is happening right here. This isn't something that I have to go far to, to discuss some real life examples. Thank you for your comments, Perla. Uh, Teresa says sexual harassment and sexual assault is the biggest uh, fight to get to court and don't be fooled by the hierarchy. Not the prejudice, the case and other reasons, the only reason right now, I have no fear this has to stop. A lot of it unfortunately is going on. Jasara says, speak on it, Sandy, because some of her own commanding officers are abusing their position. And once again, as I started at the program this morning, I don't care where they're from. If they're abusing it, they're abusing it. Recently, we had a young man arrested who's a civilian police officer for gun possession, illegal gun possession. He's a Caymanian. And not only is he a Caymanian, but I got to tell you one thing. When senior officers who are now retired from the force heard about it, they said, mm, the chicken coming home to roost now. They say they need to look at the long history of that so-and-so connected to them who was also in the police force and really check into that. I said, here we go. Caymanians know what's going on, you know, but y'all not speaking on it. You need to speak up and tell people who can actually do something about it. Let's take a commercial break because after this, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about a man who was a JDF officer in Jamaica. And I'm going to break that story down for you because now he's in, um, in custody and his family was contacting me, child, about, oh, we're going to get sued. Woo! I'm over here shaking in my boots. Prodigy Jewelry Designs and Repairs. Conveniently located in the Thompson Building on Dr. Roy's Drive. 
family owned and operated in the Cayman Islands for over 30 years. David Ebanks and her sales team are waiting to show you what could be one of Cayman's best kept secrets in the world of retail jewelry. Come in and visit us today for Father's Day. Check out the beautiful wide range of watches, quality necklaces, gold chains, pendants, and so much more. Our ring collection will make any dad happy. Don't forget to ask about our engraving services. This business is Caymanian owned and operated, and they specialize in jewelry sales, custom designs, repairs, and so much more. Are you tired of overpaying for TV services? Can't figure out VPNs and constantly missing your favorite TV shows? No access to the good stuff on streaming services? The frustration is real, but it doesn't have to be. Contact Roque, Cayman's streaming pros. We put you back in the driver's seat right in front of your TV. Call 926-1213 or message WhatsApp TV. Roque is not a TV service provider. Terms and conditions may apply. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, we've got people messaging us on this topic from all over. So this individual says, um, when that incident happened, it was an English sergeant that was having sex with the woman, and he had a Caymanian watching the door for him. When it came to light, they sent, literally bought the tickets and sent the English officer, his wife and two children back to the UK in first class on a BA flight, and they fired the Caymanian. Lord help us, Jesus. This other person says, good morning, Sandy. Uh, looking lovely as usual. People are scared of the outcome if they expose uh, these wasted night these wasted night rests because they have the ability to ruin you and your life in Cayman. Remember, it's not what you know, but who. I so want to expose, and they name their perpetrator, allegedly, who's a sitting MP. But I work under home affairs and can't afford to lose my job. That MF took away from me the greatest gift God, the greatest gift God gave humans, the ability to have children. And I have to live with this every day. I don't like the word hate, but no other word to describe what I feel for him, rapist. Mm-mm-mm. Someone else says, the two brothers you were talking about, they named them, that own so-and-so, located in so-and-so. Let's just say I have firsthand experience with them when I was a minor as well. Wow. Not surprised. I've heard so many stories. Another person says, parents should have free will without punishment to kill anyone who abused their children. Well, you know, we're supposed to let the law work. So I'm not going to ever advocate taking matters into your own hands like that. I say you need to go to the police and it needs to be reported. Don't just go around killing people. Go through the process. Here's another comment. I know police officers who see women working out and stop roadside to tell them that they're pum pum fat and they must call them when they get off duty. Not surprised. Not, none of these stories 
uh, surprise me, I can tell you. Mm -mm. <sighs> what a hot mess. Um, all right, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Thank you guys so much. So, I mean, you know, this is, um, this is an interesting situation. So this, this, uh, he works at the Kays foundation, which is the boys home Bonaventure. And this fella now, um, Trevon Ennis. Went to Jamaica on June the 9th. That was last week. Was it Thursday? Yeah, a week from today. Mm-hmm. Him not leave the airport before they pick him up. All right. There he is. Trevon Ennis. There he is. Came to Cayman in March of 2015. And... Worked as a security guard initially. Then moved up the ranks, as many do. To get a job with government. Now, y'all know that in this community, the holy grail is to get a government job. Both for Caymanians and non-Caymanians. Why? It's simple. If you get a government job, number one, you get a contract, you'll be able to stay here forever and then eventually be able to apply for status. So that's one reason why a government job is appealing. Number two, despite the fact that Caymanians love to complain about salaries from government, I gotta tell you, foreign nationals finds these government salaries very attractive actually. And one of the primary reasons is because nothing comes out. So even if they only make $3,500 a month, that's your take-home salary. Nothing is coming out of that, right? So that's a that's a still a decent salary. And it's way more than they can be making home. Cayman is relatively safe. You don't have to worry about even if you're a police officer, the chances of you um, encountering any on the job, you know, craziness, like being shot at and killed is pretty slim. Most, most officers are not even part of the firearms response unit. You know, they're not going out to those kind of dangerous situations. And, uh, I don't know if we've ever had an officer actually killed on the job by say a criminal here in the Cayman Islands. So it's still a pretty good job, still good opportunities. Then you get to, my apologies, you get to put your children on the, um, on your work, on your contract. You know, I guess government looks, immigration I'm sure looks favorably in the fact that you have a government contract so they allow you to add children. So your children get to stay in the jurisdiction. They get all kind of allowances and good life uniform, you know. 
And some of them believe that because they're a police officer, they can go around strutting their stuff and that, again, there's somebody in their head. So this guy comes to Cayman, works for many years, and um, never returns to Jamaica until recently because his grandfather died. Now, let me say this. This is this is interesting, and I, I always chuckle with my husband about this because it is a little bit of a situation. Now, y'all know, um, if you're a Jamaican and you live in Cayman, some of you have to go home every month. This, these are just facts. Don't get insulted now because some of y'all be like, Sandra, be insulting me. Well, don't feel bad about it because I'm an equal opportunity insulter, if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Jamaicans live your home country's 45 minutes away by plane. Listen, there are places in the U.S. where you got to drive more than 45 minutes to get home every single day for your commute. It's a 45-minute airplane ride, not nothing. So I can understand why people jump up and go on a plane. Very quickly, you can be home. But at least once a year, Jamaicans want to go home, whether it's like, you know, Christmas, during the summer break, whatever. They are not going to normally remain in Cayman without leaving the jurisdiction. I say a joke with my husband about this because he's not really one of those that jumps up. I I, I tell him something wrong with him because even his mother, I'm like, oh, would you like to come visit? She's like, nope, I'm too busy. I'm like, okay, (laughs) you don't want to come see me in person? No, I'm busy. You know, she she's retired from her government job, but she actually has businesses that she runs. And she's like, I can't leave my business unattended. I got things to do in Jamaica. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> and my husband is kind of the same way a little bit. It's been years that he hasn't been home. But he's not one of them that every year he jumped like, oh, I, I need to go home this year, this month. Or, you know, he's just like, all right. To go seven years living in Cayman and not returning back to Jamaica, something wrong with that picture. Look, yeah. Hmm? This is the in and out of this man. Y'all know that we got the goods when we speak on things. He came from Jamaica in March of 2015. Now, let me say this about that original trip. He already had a work permit approved before his arrival. So you know what that means. That means that this was planned. Hmm? Hear what I'm about to tell you, good people. This was not a situation where he got to the airport, like he got close to, to, um, what what an airport in Kingston call? Manly. What what the heck the airport call again? But you know which airport we're talking about there. So it wasn't a situation where he got to the international airport and said, Cha, I'm tired of life in Jamaica. I'm just going to jump on the plane and go on about my business. Stress killing me. I can't take it. I can't take it no more. That was not the situation. This man actually had this trip planned because he had to fill out a work permit application and part had somebody fill it out for him. Norman Manley. Thank you, Stacy. Stacy's like, girl, why you can't remember that name? Right? All these things would have had to have been in the works. 
So he had a plan and he was a JDF officer. And our sources tell us that when you sign up for the army in Jamaica, that you go for like, you have short term, which is like six years service. And apparently these officers, the JDF, don't really play around with people. This is the Jamaica Defense Force for those of you who don't know what the JDF stands for. This is the military of Jamaica. It includes an infantry regiment, reserve corp, air wing, coast guard, and a supporting engineering unit. So, um, okay, man is in the process of building one of these here shortly, if you're not paying attention. But the JDF is based on the British military model. And, you know, they do training, weapons training, and so on. And there's certain things that they assist with in Jamaica, including the fighting of crime. So this man now comes to Cayman. When you are a JDF officer and you're an active, on active duty, you can't just jump up and leave to move permanently anywhere. There's a process that one must go through. Now, I'm not a thousand percent going to tell you I know all the military ins and outs, but what I can tell you is the man never followed the correct process. Huh? He just left. Hmm. Now, I'm going to tell you what his family is saying in a minute. Because some of y'all believe that you can be fooling Sandy, but I'll tell you why. So from 2015 to 2022, that's seven years, right? Is my math right? He went all over the place. Miami, Havana, Cuba, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Him never stepped foot back a yard. Here you know. Why? Well, that's because... When you go back and you have deserted, you better be very, very careful because that under the regiment law there, the JDF law is considered a criminal offense. They can put you in jail for it. Hmm. What a hot mess. So he started off as a security officer. And, you know, sometimes you just take these jobs as a foreign national to get your foot in Cayman. You're not planning on staying in that position. And go look at it. Look at how many officers come here from JDF, from police force, whatever, in Jamaica. And they just start off at the security companies as a stepping stone, get a foot in Cayman. They make connections locally. You know, they work a lot, a lot of times alongside police. I see it at the court's office all the time. Then they get offered jobs as marshals or police officers. So they get into these lucrative government jobs that they really want. So that's what he did. He worked for some Sterling security company. He worked as, um, uh, uh, what was it? What's the position called? Some agent um, there at, um, at Margaritaville security uh, position there as well. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now, in January of 2018, he gets hired to work with the boys home under the Case Foundation, Children and Youth Services Foundation, as a youth support worker. Now, people keep saying to me, Sandy, why does the Case Foundation only hire expat workers? They don't want to hire Caymanian workers because apparently one does not need any real qualifications to be a youth support worker. 
So 99.9% of the people who work in the Caves Foundation, both homes, are non-Caymanians, down to the very chef, the very cook. They can't even find a Caymanian to do that. So then poor, their poor Caymanian children can't get a little what they feel like home-cooked meals. I'm just telling you what the criticisms are in reference to their hiring practices. So they hire him in January 2018, not long after that. This year now he gets promoted to team leader. So you know what I mean? That supervisor job mid-year. So he leaves, returns to Jamaica on June the 9th. I don't know how he thought he was going to pull this one off, to be honest. But anyway, he's from um, that side of Jamaica, over there, so where the other airport is. What's the other airport called again? Alexander Bustamante, I think, airport. The one in yeah. Mobe. Mobe, yeah, that one over there, so. I think it's... Cayman Airways flies into that one as well, right? Yes, it does. So he never take that flight because apparently he lives on that side of the island. Which would have been closer to home, but he never wanted to take that flight. Maybe he thought somebody would recognize him. I don't know. So he go into Kingston. Um, the big airport now. Right? Nobody not gonna see him is what he thinks. Norman Manley. But you know the JDF not so fool, my dear child. The second he land and them scanned that passport. Sangster Airport in Mobe, says Johan. You go on, you go on, you have it, your bad self. You look like you know a thing or two about Jamaica. Um, he goes in, he's so bold, he's even taken a package for a friend. Oh, now the friend I get his package in Jamaica. Because the military pick him up. Oh, you're back, a yard. Welcome. JDF rule, not the carpet for you. Take him into police. Into, into JDF custody. Mm-hmm. So CMR get the story. And I said, boy, this sounds like a bag of mix-up, you know. How does really go? So we start calling sources here, there, and everywhere. Now, you know JDF, they have a phone number. They have an email address. We reached out to them. They don't seem to have any media liaison person that you can really speak to as such. So, boy, Sandy had to make some phone calls, calling the prime minister's office in Jamaica. I'm like, miss, how me get a hold of GDF? She said, um, I mean, I know, you know, I mean, I know nothing about that. This is the prime. I said, yes, but JDF falls under the prime. Yes, but me, I know how you reach them. Go to their website. I said, miss, I did that already. That was common sense. So, you know. I got connections. Certain ministers in Jamaica, I called them on the phone and messaged them. They say, we need a link. We need some information. Hear this. This is what's a on. And they say, Lord have mercy. Sandra, how do you get that information? I said, well, all I can tell you is I got it. Anyway, me check my sources. Me say, all right. The stories sound legit. The sources them say, boy, this is a serious thing, you know. I said, wow. Anyway, we did our story. We put it up. Mind you, people in Cayman know what's going on, you know. This is the thing with people. Some people think they can fool the people. 
So his family members all of a sudden start contacting me. You need to take this story down or we're going to sue you. Oh, boy. Me say, sue who? <laughs> me? But by now you guys know I'm not afraid of a lawsuit. So you, if you have to sue, you have to sue. But make the track record stand for itself because nobody now win no lawsuit yet. And in fact, the last one must now pay me, my lawyer fees. So be careful when you're talking about suing people because you can't sue people for the truth. So I said, all right, you want to sue people? Would you like to go on record in the article to say, what is the position? Hmm? Well, I mean, I know what I'm going to say that for because they, they go on silent. Can't hear nothing from them. Then they come back yesterday morning. Oh, can you take down his picture? Because the family, his mother is in the hospital over this and his picture. And I said, but what does the picture have to do with it? First, you were claiming that you were going to sue me. Because um, the man, the story was fake news. I said, fake news? Okay. So if it is fake news... Then you must have your lawyer email me. Yes, we're going to have a lawyer call you. I said, all right. Mm-mm-mm. Can you remove this, please? And I said, why? Because this is a hard time for the family. I said, mm, that's not a reason to remove a story. Every story that makes somebody look bad is a hard time for the family. That's why you must think about things before you do it. Because it doesn't just impact you, it impacts your family as well. Then they say, if you don't take that down for spreading false news, I'm going to get a lawyer, your news straight before posting. I said, Lord Jehovah, come bring your lawyer. I said, are you sure about that? JDF was contacted. No, he came to Jamaica for his grandfather's funeral. That isn't the point. He might have gone to Jamaica for the funeral, but that's not what the article says. The article says that in route, when he got to the airport, he was picked up by JDF for deserting his post. That's what the article said. Mineva said he went to Jamaica to get arrested. That was what happened. But yes, he went for a funeral. Okay, fine. Yesterday morning, they're messaging again. Remove the post because your post has caused his mom to end up in the hospital fearing for her son's life. Why would she be fearing for his life? Were you having his picture all over the world? Really? Again, it not making no sense. So whoever this young man is, Trevon Ennis, he must have got big time, sister, stateside. She gone a foreign. So here are the sister now with her freshness. Jared, you ready for this one? So she starts messaging me. <laughs> About good afternoon, this is the sister of Trevon Ennis and is requesting that this be taken down as this information is not true. So listen, when a media house publishes something and you want to claim that it's not true, if you want the story to be corrected, you have to come and say, okay, the, this is the aspect of the story that's not true. What details are not true? So I said, you want to go on record? Tell us what's not true. We're happy to um, correct the story. But you know, that they be lying through their teeth when they respond like this.
Listen carefully now. Clear that my brother, let me make this very clear that my brother just reached out to me and sent me this article. One, I'm a lawyer. And then two, you should be expecting a lawsuit. I'm happy to go on record to clear this. You know the reason why? Because under no circumstances the JDF will ever confirm any form of information like this. This is defamation of character and you will, you will be hearing from our lawyers. Like I need this to be taken down immediately because you do not have any confirmation from JDF confirming this. This is not even in the news in Jamaica. This had never happened. There is a misunderstanding with the JDF. However, he's not arrested and he's not a deserter. So I need this to be removed immediately. And I'm happy to go on record. Girl, you need to go on record and stop telling lies. And a misunderstanding. Let's pick apart what she said, right? She first claimed that it's not true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She they doesn't say, it. yeah, she doesn't say what elements of it is not true. But then she goes on to say, oh, you couldn't have confirmed this with the JDF. That don't mean it's not true. Remember that logical course I told you about earlier? You must learn to pick apart the nonsense that people tell you. So you say, oh, you could not have confirmed this with JDF. That has nothing to do with whether it's true or not. There are more than one way to confirm something. What I said to her is we had contacted JDF, which we did. Mm-hmm. Now, she knows a little bit about how JDF work. So she yeah. said, oh, they're not going to confirm it. That's why she said that. Yeah, because she, she know. She bright, eh? She know, she know. Yes, she, she bright. Talk about she lawyer. Mm-hmm. So she say. And if she's a lawyer, she would know jurisdiction and jurisprudence. That that, American listen, law. Jared, that's not a point. Mm-hmm. She know it can't be definition if it's true. And if it's not true, then you say what is what. But anybody can say definition on. of character. S- stick a pin, stick a pin. So she first says, oh, you could not have, you could not have um, contacted JDF and confirm. And it, it's not even in the news in Jamaica. What does uh, that have to do? What does it not being in the news in Jamaica have to do with the price of rice in China? Mm-hmm. It don't have nothing to do with it. Jamaica not pun the news like Cayman Mall Road. That's all that says to me. That doesn't mean it's not true just because Jamaican news has a report on They got other stuff. They reporting that shootout down in Kingston Bush somewhere about. They busy. What are you saying, woman? But look at how she ends the voice note. Oh, miss, miss, lawyer, suing you for defamation of character. She goes on to say, oh, it's a misunderstanding. Oh? So you're saying it's true then, (laughs) is what you're saying. And he's not arrested. Well, um, I don't know what the JDF call it. Maybe they're not calling it an arrest. I don't know what their technical term is. But the man is in JDF custody. Now hear how she think that we in Cayman so fool. Right? Her brother can send her this message about this article. Well, honey child, if your brother could message you, he could certainly have picked up the phone and message came on Mall Road. Why is it that we not hear from the brother? That's because he's in custody. JDF took the phone. Him can't call nobody. Nobody, the brother not contact her. The brother has a girlfriend in the Cayman Islands and a baby mama. 
daycare, a three-year-old child. That's probably who sent it to the sister. Now, listen, he has a wife and two children in Jamaica that he left and has not seen in seven years. What did I just tell you, Jared? No, Jamaica, not leaving Jamaica and not going back home when they can get on a 45-minute flight to go see their children. Seven years? I don't know how old the children were when he left, but they all they all growing up now, and this man, I see his children. He coming here making new family. And you talking foolishness in my ear about this story. Not true. Well, as luck would have it, you know, K-Man got all, K-Man Malroy got sources. We have spoken to people here and we know he requested vacation to go down. He's supposed to be coming back on the 20th. We'll let you know. K-Man Airways sources, keep an eye on that Jamaica flight for me on the 20th. He has since requested an extension of this vacation because he don't know when he's coming back now because JDF got him. And on top of that, he took a salary advance to go down to Jamaica. How, how, how we know all this if it's not true? Jared, tell me. It's not true. We're going to sue you for defamation of character. Really? D Jared, you saw what my post up earlier. Did you see oh, this? boom. Did you see this? How how how, how me going to tell you? Something that's not true when men know the man movements. What are you, what are you talking about? Hmm? You cannot put fear in Cayman Mall Road talking about suing nobody. I know business with no lawsuit. If it's true, it's true. If it's not true, it's not true. And we are human and we're able to make mistakes. Lavana confirms that actually KX isn't fling, flying into Mobe at this time. Only Kingston will thank you for that clarification. Now we know why he went to Kingston. He now had a choice. But J, the long arm of JDF, it don't make no difference. They know when you land in the country. Well, you know, I was surprised the technology kind of work at that time. Because when, anyway, I was quite surprised. What do you mean? Me. You think Jamaica not scanning your passport? They scanning the passport, but when they, they might have even known people. that he was coming before, because you know you get a flight manifest. Yeah, and these oh, and they probably saw the name. These countries know who coming and going. There's a reason why you Cayman Airways and all airlines have to submit certain things to these mm -hmm. security agencies and whatever, so they know who coming and going. Because criminals be moving all over the place. Kaboom! Yeah, Kaboom. right. So they might have even known in advance that he was entering the country and they were sitting there waiting with a welcome party of JDF officers. Said, welcome home, my brother. Come on, let's go. And, and they were probably setting for him too, you know, because they know it's just a matter of time, game time, when he put down his yeah, guard. I mean, listen, and like, hey, hello, him have to go back a yard at some point. You have to go back. <laughs> I mean, you can't stay away forever. Even on a government contract, what happens the day the government say that they're not going to renew your contract? Now, the sad thing is when people get involved in all these behaviors and, you know, I don't know how much thought he put through into leaving under whatever circumstances he left, but you've left kids back in Jamaica and a wife, poor them. You can't go and physically see your kids, hug your kids, nothing. Then you come here, you get new girlfriend and baby. Of course, mm -hmm. you can't get married to her because you're still married in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. 
And you put this child on your government contract for work permit purposes so that child can now remain in the jurisdiction. A three-year-old child, what is going to happen to that three-year-old child now? Because the mother works at a grocery store or something. She does not have enough. She's not making enough of salary to put the child in her permit. So this person talking about his mother, the mother got more than one stress. The whole family got stressed now because of decisions that he has made. But don't come and try and put that on CMR. That I got nothing to do with us. We're just here reporting the news. We don't make it. We don't make this up. Nobody not make this up. They claim that, oh, somebody got it out for him. I highly doubt that. I don't know who Travon Anthony Ellis, age 32, is. So nobody not got no beef with this young man. But he has made certain decisions that have undoubtedly changed the course of his life and the course of at least three children and two baby mamas, one being a wife. Folks, when you message CMR and you're talking about we're going to be hearing from a lawyer, so... When the sister come now with her shenanigans and you heard her voice note and she's like, oh, it was a misunderstanding, a mistake and this and that. And all now they not tell us, like, if you say something isn't true, you give the truth, you give the facts, what actually went down. So all now we can't hear the facts of how this story go. So she go on and on and on and on. Under no circumstances can your news team confirm anything from JDF. And she goes on and on and on and on. I said, all right. I say, here, yeah. Here's what she, and this is where she went with it. I have over 865,000 followers on Instagram. And I'll make sure everyone go and report your news feed to ensure that Instagram know the behavior that you and your company is betraying. If you're a lawyer, you'd know that you're misusing that word in that context. But anyway, you're the one who claiming you're a lawyer, not me. Why is this still on your page? And I said, honey... I, please, I said, please note that your comments have been added to the story. Anything further can be sent via email, which we will forward to our lawyers. So have your lawyer email us. That's fine. That's not a problem. You can't sue people for the truth, and y'all need to stop this foolishness just because you don't like it. Kay's Foundation is aware of the situation. <laughs> they, have contact, they have contacted JDF and confirmed that they have him in custody is that technically an arrest well i don't know what jdf calls it but they have him he's not free to walk about now my understanding is he has to go through some kind of one two three hearings court martial yeah he has to go through this whole thing in a trial and whatever before they decide what his fate will be mm. but he is potentially looking at two years in jail And you talking about you calling lawyer and it not true? Irvlin says, Lord have mercy. This tea mush up, man. Mm-hmm. It boil over. Nicholas says, talk about deformation. <laughs> <laughs> what a heat. I can't with these people. Nothing you do stays in the dark forever. That is what it is. Even across jurisdictions, you need to be careful because your actions can have far-reaching implications, you and your family. 
Cameron says, Sandy, if you make my belly hurt anymore, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> Everybody love to sue, boy. Sue for belly because you're laughing so hard. Nikki, good morning, says, please don't bring my brother in this. Been married to Jamaican doesn't mean you have to know or speak Patois. <laughs> Does she have to cook every Jamaican meal too? Just enjoy the humor. Um, at least she's trying, unlike some Jamaican, with, we're not even bored the flight yet and them start twanging. <laughs> oh God, I think that was in reference to... um. <laughs> Andrea says, Miss, leave the patois alone. You can't believe you're married to Jamaican and don't know no patois. Well, to be honest, I not hear Marlon speaking patois yet. <laughs> so I don't know. It comes out a little bit, maybe when he's speaking to his brothers, you hear a little bit of a Jamaican accent. But do you know that a lot of people speak to my husband, they don't even know the man Jamaican. A lot of Jamaicans speaking to him, they're like, where are you, where are you from? You're from Guyana, Trinidad. And he looking at him like, what? And they guess in India, <laughs> all over the map. And he's like, no, me from Yad. And, he, and they're like, what? What part of Yad that? <laughs> Kingston. We're from St. Elizabeth. St. <laughs> Mary, Miss Army. St. Mary. But yes, we live in Kingston too, you know. <laughs> Woo! Mona says people look in privacy because it's hard to deal with disgrace. Carmelie, having a good laugh. Now, Carmelie is a Caymanian, but she one that can put a Jamaican accent on you. Ooh! You wouldn't know that she's not from Yard when she finished with you. She can drop all the BBC words and everything. Mm -mm. Um, Everton says the easiest thing she could have said is that he resigned from the military before he leave the island. She's silly. Well, he wouldn't be in custody right now had he resigned. <laughs> That's not how it works. So somebody was telling me um, how strict the JDF is, right? And they were saying, listen, they knew a guy who was an officer and he had found love overseas. You know, one of those 90 day fiance situations. America, love in America. And he wanted to leave. So he approached the JDF and he was like, um, oh, you know, um, can I get out of the service? Because, you know, we want to go move stateside and get married and may find love and blah, blah, blah. They were like, what? You want to leave the JDF for love? <laughs> no, sir. Anthony wants to see the picture again. Hold on. They were like, no, Bobo. That's not how these things work around yes. So when you sign up for six years, you're going to sign your six years. You can't leave just so. So no, you cannot leave. After your time is up, then you can go and, and, and have your 90-day fiancé moment with this woman. Mm -mm -mm. Ingrid said, yes, he wasn't arrested. They gave him a ride. The JDF gave him a free ride. <laughs> Woo! Now, I wonder what package he was taking for his friend. Because, you know, that might have been some good chicken or rum cake or something. So, and now that not arrive, his friend can't get the package all oh, now. What a mess. Yeah, boy. Mm -mm -mm. Marshall says she needs to be sued for being an idiot to come and see him our talking bull. Sharon says the cat got Jared's tongue. He don't even know what to say this morning. <laughs> Uh, Vernita, it was on Jamaican News already. They picked up the CMR story or what? That was a CMR exclusive, you know. Ay, ay, ay. 
anyway, um, I think the lesson here, folks, is uh, number one, don't mess with the JDF <laughs> because they're not playing with you. As Jamaicans say, they're not going to romp with you, you know. <laughs> and secondly, don't lie. Just tell the truth. Oh, Lord, what a small world we live in. Mm -mm -mm. Good morning, Miss Brenda. Uh, Miss Brenda saying that, Jerry, do you think Jamaica's backwards with their intel? They know what's going on. I understand not like that. I just think when they're supposed to find people, they don't find people. Olive, Miss Olive says his sons were here for holiday and he has an ex-wife. Oh, they're divorced now? All right, Miss Olive. Well, thanks for the information. So the sons came to visit, but obviously he couldn't go visit them. That makes sense. I hear you. Nothing wrong with not nothing wrong with the logic of, you know, because obviously, like I said, he couldn't go back to Jamaica. So Lacey Love says, yes, maybe the kids came to see him. All right. But still, all of you who are listening to this program, you're you're Jamaican. Tell me if I'm wrong when me tell you Jamaicans love a yard. And they will go back home. Even if kids can come. So in a lot of um Jamaican. Uh, mothers in particular will bring children like during the summer and that sort of thing, right? But normally they make a little trip home. Not, I, I've never in my life heard of a Jamaican, not even my husband, who can be in Cayman for seven years and don't go back home. It's just not happening. They want to see other family. They got grannies. The same grandfather that has now passed away, may his soul rest in peace. I'm sure he wanted to see him. So Andrew says, you mean to tell me that you can't even travel without somebody in Cayman Airways putting out your business? That information not come from no Cayman Airways, child. You just sit down and relax yourself. We don't reveal my sources. The other day I was in court. I told you guys about this case, which hopefully tomorrow we'll have a, a verdict, a sentencing verdict um, for the Tortuga robber. And so um, I'm not going to delve too much in it, but she had been harassing me with these disgusting videos and stuff and the police had her charge and taken to court. The jurors let her walk. Not surprised, Chuck. Like I said, these jurors are something else. So at one point, her lawyer was asking me questions and cross-examination. Here would a man tell me, well, who was it? Because, you know, she always claims all now that we set her up with a Tortuga robbery. We must have committed the robbery and blame it on her. And she also said that um, that some police officer, which is completely untrue, was the one who sent this video to me of her being arrested at Tortuga. And that supposedly at the scene, the officer said, oh, turn around because you're being recorded from our road. I don't believe any of that. This woman has lied so much, even during her Tortuga robbery trial. Listen, if there was a face to what a liar is, it would be Eve High Voltage. I sat through her trial. And this woman lied so much during the trial. I was confused. And it's kind of hard to confuse me, but I was, I was bewildered by the stories. And that's why she was convicted because the lies were so stupid and so obvious. So anyway, the lawyer says to me on the stand, this was week before last. Oh, well, who sent it to, who sent you this video? And I said, what are you asking me? You want me, Sandra Teresa Hill, to reveal to you the name of a source? I tell him straight on that stand in no uncertain terms, you've got to be crazy. I said, we live by our sources because we got them all over the place. 
And a source will never be compromised because of me. Oh, no, Bobo, not today and not tomorrow. People come to us and give us footage to help the police solve crimes. And you want me to sit on a stand in court and talking about you, you were asking me again. I was like, sir, you can ask me 50 times. The answer is still going to be the same. I can tell you who didn't give it to me. So it wasn't this police officer that she claims. It wasn't the management and staff at Tortuga like she now changing up and twisting up the story. None of those people gave it to me. But who gave it to me is none of your business. That is not information that is going to go on any court record or any other record. Oh, now he must have still scratching his English head trying to figure out what's going on. I was like, don't, I'm insulted that you even asked me the question. But Sandy, you know, sir, when um the deputy governor got up last week and, you know, called PPM, had asked, you know, what will happen with the investigation? Deputy governor said, there was the investigation, the investigation, nothing was found. And that is to say that my road, that how we run, you know, we got resources and we don't reveal. Even well, if it's on the, point the, the, well, to be clear, the latest one not got nothing to do with us. That that was leaked to um, <laughs> that was leaked to CNS. That was the Auditor General's report about the Foreign Office. That wasn't leaked to us. CNS got exclusive on that one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that sure, one. That yeah, that one. They still not find who leaked it to them either. They still on a manhunt over at the port trying to find out how I getting all my information from the port. But the port can get a rude awakening come here next week because I'm not finished with them yet. And this time I can reveal, because it was a media question from the Auditor General's office, where that source document has come from. I can tell you all that because that's a government agency. And when people ask for documents, they have an obligation to provide it. All right, let's switch up again. Yesterday, another hot topic on social media. Char, y'all, what were you drinking this morning? I drink in water, but I need to be drinking something a little bit stronger, like some mint tea. Everyone said, the man, what you turn in for me? Yes, my dear child, right in the stand with the jury looking at me. I know I was like, you got to be crazy. So another hot topic yesterday. Um, you know, unfortunately, this woman lost her life um, in Cayman Brack. I can tell you all who she is now because she's from Honduras. Her last name is uh, Myrie. She's married to Caymanian. Has three young children. Somebody submitted pictures of very young children. My God, one looks like maybe a little toddler. <sighs> and, um, you know, we put up this, the, the initial accident report. And then I see Renee followed it up once the police confirmed that there was a road fatality. And so Misha um, commented and said, you know, people... She was really sad to hear about this. I'm paraphrasing now, but, you know, people really need to slow down. And I see people going at Misha, Curtis, and some other people about how, um, oh, you're you're being insensitive. And I said, um, like, this is not the time for that discussion. So I have a question for you guys now, right? We have fatalities in our roads all the time. We hear the governor now even saying, um, when are we going to start having some real uh, enforcement of DUI? 
the, the legal limit is way too high. It needs to be cut in half. He's gone on record as saying we need some real sentences for people who cause someone's life to be taken because of these road fatalities, oftentimes DUI being involved. So my question becomes, when do you have the conversation? In a month from now, when you don't even remember this accident because there's been two or three others? It's like the young man who was speeding, allegedly, with his young child unsecured in the car and both of them lost their lives in West Bay, ran into a wall. This woman ran into a wall in Cayman Brack and lost her life. So I, 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 like I said, a lot of times I don't really pay attention to these social media conversations because I'm honest to God, really kind of busy. Um, but I see people commenting, well, how, how does she know that, he, that this woman was speeding? Referring to Misha. And I was like, hold on now. Are y'all looking at the same photo as me? Because nobody in their right mind, I'm trying to pull up the photo, can look at this photo with this brick wall and tell me that this woman wasn't speeding. Uh, I don't know what universe y'all living in, but I'm living in the Cayman Islands. And the damage that this vehicle sustained, number one, and the fact that it could take out a solid brick wall, number two, is clear evidence that somebody was speeding and it's a single car accident. The entire side of that car is torn off. Now, maybe police fire service had to take some of it out, but the back door and the front door gone and the wall gone. Look at parts of the vehicle strewn in the road. So you think she was doing 25 miles per hour and this happened? Hmm. Y'all need to take a, a traffic reconstruction course. Now, no one is trying to be insensitive. We understand that that um, mother has left behind three children, right? And bless those little children because now, unfortunately, they have to grow up without the mother. And I feel sorry for the husband too because now he has to work full time at his government job and she wasn't working apparently. But guess what? This is this program is called the cold hard truth. And the cold hard truth is y'all need to stop engaging in reckless behavior on the roads of the Cayman Islands. You're either killing yourself and leaving behind loved ones who are devastated by the loss. Mm -hmm. Or you're killing innocent people and leaving their families to be devastated because of your recklessness on the roadways. Now here's the kicker. It's not the first time the woman has had an accident. How about three other vehicles she has wrecked? Three other accidents on the back. And she's still driving. Huh. Driving, drinking, speeding, all that at two or three o'clock in the morning. Somebody said, Mother, three, what's she doing out at two or three o'clock in the morning? Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm just telling you all the facts. So don't get up in your feelings about, oh, well, this, this is not the time to have the conversation. Well, when is it? When is the time to have the conversation? How many people are going to have to die in the roadways of Cayman 
before we decide it's time to have the conversation. The time to have the conversation is now when it is fresh in your mind, when you are feeling the loss. Came and brought with one little road, 2.50 in the morning. This blue Honda Fit lone occupant in the vehicle. So they had to, they had fire service had to remove her. So that's probably them pulling off the door. Takes out a solid wall and mashes up that car. And y'all talking about, well, let's not have the conversation right now. No one is trying to be insensitive. But at some point, you know, um, one of the things they started doing in the States is they actually started taking people, young people, to the scene of these accidents to give them a rude awakening. This is what happens when you drink and drive, when you speed and drive. This is the outcome. They take them to the morgue and say, look, yeah. There was an article the other day coming out of the U.S. about gun violence. And, you know, everybody, Americans, about, oh, yeah, they won't be able to walk around with their AR-15s and AK-47s, whatever. So this guy who works in the morgue was having a conversation about, I'm going to play that one day for y'all, about what one of those weapons does to the human body. The way that it shreds the body, the man, like, no human should ever have to die like this. Half the time, they can't even really put people back together for an open casket funeral. He said more Americans need to see this when they talk in foolishness about they have a right to bear arms with these type of assault weapons. It's ridiculous. Well, the cold hard truth is, when are we gonna get a new police commissioner? Kai tired of this one. He, he come and he had a good time. We need a new one. Cause this one, this one not working Sunday. This one not working. I, I am not even gonna go as far as that, to be honest. Because, because a lot of these things, hold on, hold on now, Jared. Let's be fair to the police commissioner. Mm-hmm. A lot of these things are on the books, they're laws, and he can only do with work with what's what the laws are. Mm-hmm. So if the law says you only gonna get six months for taking somebody's life. Uh-huh. And a car fatality when it's a known DUI case, he can't do nothing with that. The judges can't do nothing. Well, you know, I talking about you it know, it is the legislators that, that need to too, and the capacity. I, I don't know if it's hiring more more people that's the problem, but w- when we no, look they at enough, they got enough staff, well, they're not on the road though. Car, everybody knows that they don't buy that roundabout, but, but Jared, police officers cannot stop you if you are hell bent. Mm-hmm. on drinking and driving, speeding and driving, being reckless on the roads, a police state would have to be created to stop that kind of behavior. And that's not an effective use of your police department. You couldn't have enough traffic officers. You're looking at the problem for the wrong end. The real problem is individuals need to take accountability for their actions. What, what is wrong with you? Not you personally, but what is wrong with you Well, you have to get behind the wheel of a car, drinking and driving. That is a personal choice that can have unbelievable, far-reaching, horrific consequences. You can't blame that on the police. You cannot blame that on the police commissioner. Each individual has to make a choice. 
And the choices that you guys are making as it comes to your road safety are very poor choices. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I feel like we're, listen, yes, politicians have a job to do. Police have a job to do. All these government agencies. But at some point, it's all about the man in the mirror. If we get up every morning, we say, okay, I want to be a law-abiding citizen. I'm going to do my best. I'm not going to abuse handicapped parking spots. I'm not going to speed on the roadway. I'm going to use my signals. I'm going to watch out and be courteous to other drivers. These are things that have to be encouraged. Road safety is everyone's obligation. Because by the time you get to the other end where you're trying to have the police enforce it, you already got a problem, then end up in a police chase and five people get killed. Uh, Miss Brenda wants to know if police has a media protection law. No, honey child, no such thing. Perla's asking for Jaron Carter. Maybe he's at work. I don't know. Um, Damon confirms that she had to get cut out of the car. Uh, Lucille, good morning. She says, Sandy, I'm glad to see Jared's face this morning. I tell you before and I'm telling you again, I do not have um, enemy money to pay lawsuit for you. I'm not drinking water. I'm drinking hot tea. Love you all at home. Keep safe. Make sure you all don't get monkeypox. God bless. Well, we're trying our best, honey. Chill. Maybe she fell asleep at the wheel of the car at that time of morning, uh, says Sydney. I guess anything's possible. But when you don't have a job, what are you doing out at 2.50 in the morning? Falling asleep, coming from where, would be the next logical question. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Morning. How are you doing? Not bad. How are you? Excellent. Mm -hmm. um, the conversation about drunk driving mm -hmm. is, an, is an important one. Mm -hmm. So I hope no one gets distracted with what I'm about to say. Okay. I think the governor needs to butt out of that conversation. Mm -hmm. Here's my reason why. Section 44.3 of the Constitution order mm -hmm. reads, the cabinet shall have responsibility for the formulation of policy, including directing the implement implementation of such policy, Mm -hmm. insofar as it relates to every aspect of government, except those matters for which the governor has special responsibility under Section 55, and the cabinet shall have collective responsibility to the Legislative Assembly for such policies and the, their implementation. Mm -hmm. So the same way that the governor will criticize um, Bernie for getting involved in administrative matters. Mm -hmm. The governor is is incorrectly, unlawfully getting involved in domestic matters. Mm -hmm. He needs to butt out. Well, I think what he did was he shared an opinion that he is in support of the government doing something about it because he's aware that the PAC government intends to do something about it. So I'm not. I, I, I'm, all, I'm all for doing something about it. Yes. Okay. But you, you do realize that when the governor gets up and says something, that has an impact. Well, good. I mean, he's trying to, he's trying to no, be no, impactful. No, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. 
what if he expresses an opinion about something in which he shouldn't be having an opinion about? That's political. Remember that what politics is, is the decision-making layer of government. In other words, the right to decide which direction we should go in. That's the that's So the, you're saying that the governor shouldn't have an opinion on anything that happens in this country? I'm saying that the governor should butt out of domestic matters, yes. Could you explain a little bit more, Dene, why, why, just, why that is? I just said that because Section 443 mm-hmm. of the Constitution order, which the UK drafted, says that the cabinet, cabinet means that, um, okay, so the governor is involved in cabinet, but in relation to the, the, the subjects for which he has special responsibility. The, the, or anything that he doesn't have special responsibility for is the responsibility of the ministers of cabinet. So in, in other words, the same way that Bernie can't make certain decisions or say certain things to civil servants, civil servants can't say certain things to politicians. And and so what what policy is, policy is not, in, in this context, policy is not, how are we going to implement something? In this context, policy is, how are, how are we going to, uh, which way are we going to go? Are we going to say that the limit on, uh, for alcohol blood content needs to be lower? That's, that's, that's what ministers do. They decide what the policy is going to be. Mm-hmm. That is not for the civil service of which the governor is the head, right? And so the governor only pilots through cabinet things that are in relation to his special responsibilities. Mm-mm. All right. But, but then you have to... But but we'll, we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. I think yeah. he's entitled okay. to an opinion. <laughs> No, um, yeah, he's entitled. Of course, he's entitled to an opinion, but but how many people understand that it's just an opinion? I I thought we all got that. You you did. I did. I wasn't concerned about what he was no. saying. <laughs> um, um, Sandra, I I would dare say that your understanding is not average. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it Lord is. Have mercy. It was an opinion. I think that was pretty clear. Yes. All right, Denny. Thank you. Thank you. We got it. uh, Hear hear you loud and clear. Yes, but what you're saying is is that you think that this section of the Constitution doesn't prohibit doesn't prohibit him from being involved in domestic matters is what you're saying. That's not what I'm saying. I said the man expressed an opinion. He said, I think the Why standards on the roads. expressing an opinion? Because he's entitled to do what, so. What, it's Bernie, a free country. expressing an opinion? When? When he said what he said. No. That got him in trouble. No. But that was in the capacity as a minister. No. You can't, you can't get up. Denny, 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 let's not muddle the waters. You cannot get up. Pause. Pause one second. You can't get up in front of civil servants 
and make a statement that Bravon Elliott is going to be the next chief of the fire service. That I was not an that. opinion. I agree with that. But that's part of why he got in trouble. That I was the major that. thing. That not an I opinion. You telling people something? Made? How is policy made? Denny, it was not an opinion. When somebody, I'm when the not, governor I'm says, I think. That's an opinion. I'm not arguing that. What, but you were just trying Bernie to get did. me to agree with you that what Bernie did was akin to what the governor's doing. And I'm telling you it's not. No, what I'm saying is, is that when Bernie crossed the line, he was rightly criticized, rightly disciplined. Mm -hmm. I am not saying that Bernie was correct. I am saying that the governor should not be involved in domestic matters. That is my contention. And, and how do you go about um, achieving this? Uh, so, Jenny, in a couple seconds, I'm going to play the outro, but you just hang on because we'll continue with our online audience. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. Jenny, you still there? Yes, I am. <laughs> so, um, but I believe he's entitled to his opinion. And his opinion is being utilized to sway what decisions should be made locally in domestic matters. I'm not saying that his opinion is wrong, which is why I said from the beginning, mm -hmm. don't get me confused. I agree with the opinion. I do not agree that he should be involved in domestic matters. There are two completely different issues. Well, I don't think expressing an opinion means that you're involved in domestic matters. Because soon, well, soon, soon be accusing me of being involved in domestic matters. <laughs> and I'm not an MP. Sandra, you have a right to be involved in domestic matters. <laughs> That is why you have constitutional rights to be protected from the government, to hold an opinion that the government hates. That's what Road is all about. Saying things that need to be said, regardless of whether the government likes it or not. And that's why you have the right to be, to have that political opinion protected. All right. But the governor mm -hmm. is the governor and he should not be involved in domestic matters. Okay, leave us there. Tell, tell me, no, but no, but tell me, tell me why that's wrong. I said we'll have to agree to disagree. I think he's, yes, entitled, but that's not, that, he's entitled to but, his opinion. And I don't think okay. having an opinion means that you're involving yourself in domestic matters. I don't think that that goes far enough to consider involvement in domestic matters. We'll have to agree to disagree. <laughs> All right, my dear. Have a good one. Take you too. 
So Anthony says the sanitation of these crimes needs to stop. It covers the reality. And I thank you, uh, Anthony, for saying that because that's the whole point. I mean, we understand that the young lady has lost her life and this is a sensitive time for the family. But we also understand that this is just happening one too many times. And that as a result, we never really get to address the real issue. And no one is having the conversation about why people feel so free to drink and drive in this community. So Debbie says, police commissioner has nothing to do with people making bad decisions. Jonathan says, I'm not going to make excuses, but if, if they enforce the drinking and driving too much, nobody's going to make it to work. And I mean, everybody, that's not true, Jonathan. I don't drink and drive and I've never dr drunk and drive. And there's a lot of people who do not drink and drive. They get a friend to take them home. They get a taxi. They look at other options. So I don't believe that at all. Going to work, you're saying that nobody would be able to pass a DUI test? Come on now. Ms. Brenda says the first conversation needs to be about the sale and overconsumption of alcohol. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Alcohol kills. Charles, good morning, says when a person drinks, they're controlled by a happy demand that makes them feel and seem uh, that they're in control and are okay. And everyone that sees them in a state of distress and uncontrollable, the liquor makes that individual feel everyone is against them. So the liquor is a serious problem to who don't have self-control and don't know their limits um, when enough alcohol consuming is enough. Maybe they need to start putting breathalyzers in cars and every single car so you can't turn it on unless you pass. I feel like car um, manufacturers could go a long way with developing that technology to stop drinking and driving. One day. Because no one would ever be able to get behind the wheel of a car and press that button. It's like your seatbelt. Your seatbelt is going to ding you to death until you put it on now, right? Most modern cars. Ding, 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 ding. Put on the seatbelt. Maybe it's time we had something built into cars where unless you can blow a certain limit, but of course the limit does change by jurisdiction. You know what I was thinking? So you know how you have that seatbelt thing, that ding, ding, ding? It should have something like, say, uh, do not drink while driving. Like when the person enters the car, do not drink while driving. People ignore you know, those that's, messages, that's, especially man. when they're drunk. <laughs> You're going to listen to a computerized message that says, do not drink. This is a PSA. Please don't yeah. drink while driving. You're like, please press that button to start the car. Susan says, I do believe, Sandra, that national security falls under the governor's remit. Um, so as it relates to police, I guess, you know, if there's one area that he wants to express an opinion in, it should definitely be that one. Policing matters. So interesting point. So Henry says, uh, let me get this straight. The governor of the Cayman Islands should not have an opinion in matters involving the Cayman Islands. He's allowed an opinion just like yours. If you don't take it as an opinion, that might be a personal problem. Uh, Luis is laughing. I don't know what you got Luis laughing, but okay. <laughs> uh, Lacey says he's proven indirect opinion. Debbie says he said he supports, which makes it an opinion. <laughs> Luis just cracking up. Uh, Baliki says the governor cannot express views on matters of internal self-governance of the Cayman Islands. Often he expresses, he refuses to express opinions on such matters. 
I mean, I think you have to take it in context. So you'd have to go back and, and fully listen to the show, which I must admit, I've never listened to a full show that Rajma has done yet. Um, this story was done by Renee and Renee listened to the show in order to, to do the story. So I can't even tell you what else the governor might've been said, might've said, sorry. And, you know, the whole discourse and the context of it. So context can, can be everything, but I can tell you even from what was published in the story from the time the man says, I think, and that he's supporting something, then those are opinions. Jonathan says, everyone that makes this country tick will be going to jail for drinking and driving. Well, that, that's like saying, you know, don't, don't do anything about child molesters because we got so many of them walking around. That can't be an excuse to just let behavior go unchecked. Sorry, that's not going to fly. There are laws in this country that govern your behavior. And a lot of those laws are there to ensure that we don't hurt other people. Don't drink and drive. Listen, if drinking and driving was just about you, like you were the only person who would ever get killed, then you could make an argument. It'd be a stupid argument, but you could certainly make an argument that this is a personal choice. But you do damage to other people. A lot of times a drunk driver is the one who walked away perfectly fine, not even a scratch. Speeding. You become a danger on the roadways. So... These rules are created to try to keep our society safe, to try to keep you all safe from one another. And we all have to do our individual part. Janetta says we all learn something new every day. Well, child, if you're living, you should be. What a hot mess. Anyway, um, oops, I think I'm I think I was supposed to have some guests on that I forgot to check the messages. Uh, all right. Mm -hmm. We'll have them come on tomorrow. All right, folks. So another interesting show, no doubt. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm going to leave you with the daily news uh, from Misha. Make sure that you're keeping up on the news. Um, apparently, people are out there poaching. And uh, they've had another police arrest in relation to that. Folks, again, our environment is something that we need to think about. It's not unlimitless. The ocean just doesn't produce fish just so. You have to allow these things to replenish. And there should be times when you are leaving Mother Nature alone, even fishing. Sure. What do y'all, what are you poaching for? When it's well, all gone, then what are you going to be poaching? What were the poaching turtle or like? Oh, let me let me read the article. Renee put this one up. Poaching. Um, oh, they've been arrested before for the same thing too. Really? Uh, large number of marine life. So let me see if they go into any detail. The officers confronted the suspects who were trying to dispose of it. Uh huh. A hundred and ninety four conch. Out of season right now. Wow. And several other out-of-season marine species using a spare gun. Caught illegally with a spare gun. Announcements. The Health Insurance Premium Payment Assistance Program, called PPAP, 
closes on June the 30th. So again, this is a program that um, was open during COVID times. It will end on June the 30th after serving persons who were lacking coverage due to COVID-19, particularly those employed in tourism and hospitality. It was originally set to close in March of 2020, continued to ease the transition for, for participants who were expected to return to work once travel restrictions were relaxed and tourism began to rebound. So they have spent, they've assisted an average of 878 persons through the Ministry of Health and Wellness in conjunction with the Health Insurance Commission who needed help paying their health insurance premiums at a cost of 1.1 million, rounded up to $1.2 million. So the program will now be ending, yeah? Another PSA. National Pensions Holiday is also coming to an end. So the Department of Labor and Pensions Office, DLP, reminds employers and employees that the current pension holiday is going to end on June the 30th as well. As a result, the deduction of pension contributions will resume on July the 1st. Mandatory 10% contributions, which are due by the 15th of the following month. So if you are an employer, you own a business, make sure you know. If you are an employee, you work for somebody, make sure you know. It ends the end of the month. Contributions begin back for the period starting on July the first. All right, Miss Ingrid, Della, Jonathan, Debbie, Janita, Boom Flick, everybody who tuned in this morning. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Jared, you have a beautiful day. Everybody, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Tuning in as always, making this Keyman's number one talk show program. Have a fabulous day. Stay tuned for the news now from Misha. Hello and welcome to CMR Daily Buzz. I'm Misha Allinger and thank you for joining us. In an unfortunate incident, a mother of three children lost her life in a road fatality on 15 June shortly after 2.50 a.m. in a single vehicle collision in Cayman Brack. The lone occupant of the vehicle was trapped inside and was extricated by the officers from the Cayman Islands Fire Service and transported to Faith Hospital where she was pronounced deceased by the attending doctor. The RCIPS Traffic and Roads Policing Unit's accident reconstructionists will be attending Cayman Brack from Grand Cayman to assist with the investigation. Anyone who may have witnessed the incident or seen the vehicle in the area prior to the collision is asked to contact the Cayman Brack Police Station at 948-0331. Anonymous tips can be provided directly to the RCIPS via their confidential tip line on 949-7777 or their website rcips.ky. In a second road incident, officers responded to a report of a single vehicle collision on the Linford Pearson Highway in the vicinity of the Mangrove Point roundabout involving a yellow Nissan March. 
shortly before 9 p.m. yesterday, Tuesday, 14th June. The lone occupant was assisted by the members of the public before emergency services transported her to the Cayman Islands Hospital for treatment. She remains in the hospital in stable condition and the matter is under investigation. A police officer has been arrested for perverting the court of justice after he threatened a witness in the murder trial of Roger DeWard Bush. 47-year-old Bush reportedly killed his 24-year-old son, Shaquille Bush, in 2019 and was arrested and later released due to lack of evidence. Bush was charged last year after new evidence surfaced. A judge-only trial into the murder began on Monday, 13 June, in the Grand Court. 33-year-old Nikita Ebanks, who was in a relationship with the defendant, testified in the court that Bush had confessed to killing his son privately to her. Ebanks further added that she left Ireland with her son after an auxiliary police officer threatened her as she waited in a cell to provide information to the detectives. The trial continues. The Department of Labor and Pensions is reminding employers and employees that the current pension holiday ends on 30 June 2022. As a result, the deduction of pension contributions resume on 1 July 2022 and the payment of the mandatory 10% pension contributions is due by the 15th of the following month. For more information, contact dlp at gov.ky or call 945-8960. The Health Insurance Premium Payment Assistance Program will end on 30 June 2022 after serving persons who were lacking coverage due to COVID-19, particularly those who were employed in tourism and hospitality. Persons that still may require coverage have been directed to utilize other public resources such as the Needs Assessment Unit's Indigent Insurance Program. For more information, contact the Health Insurance Commission via email to hic.gov.ky or by phone on 946-2084 for additional details. Minister for Tourism and Transport Honorable Kenneth Bryan expressed satisfaction after his recent trip to Barbados for the International Rose Federation Caribbean Regional Congress last week, 7th to 10th June, declaring it was both productive and informative. Mr. Bryan said that by attending such conferences, his ministry can bring those strategic and best practices into development here in the Cayman Islands. Let's hear from Kevin Wattler for updates on Cayman's weather. Hello Cayman, I'm Kevin Wattler and this is your CMR weather update. It's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise at 547, expect some thunderstorms today and a wet day is expected. The day heats up to the low 80s, winds east at 10 to 20 miles per hour and the sun sets at 704. Tonight, scattered thunderstorms, the winds east-southeast at 10 to 15 miles per hour, and the temperature falls to the upper 70s. High tide at 10.40 a.m. and low tides at 5.29 a.m. and 5.07 p.m. Looking forward, cloudy and rainy conditions will continue through the weekend. And remember, CMR weather updates are brought to you by WG Charters. They offer private boat trips for a great price, so we encourage you to support them. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Kevin, for those updates. In regional news, Floyd Green, the minister responsible for the National Identification System, which is slated to be made operational this year, is seeking to reassure Jamaicans that the program can be trusted despite past concerns about the perceived intrusiveness. He also said that Jamaican migrants will be able to enroll in the National Identification System and obtain a National Identification Card.
In international news, 10 armed robbers reportedly broke into a freight storage area and stole 20 freight containers loaded with partly refined gold and silver ore and television sets at the Pacific Coast seaport of Manzanillo, Mexico. Crime and violence have been a major social issue in Mexico. Residents have been blocking roads to protest the kidnapping and killing of locals recently. Two police officers were also shot to death this month in the state, which has been dominated by the Jalisco drug cartel. CMR is inviting businesses to sponsor a hurricane special edition with host Kevin Watler. Reach out to CMR's sales team today to find out more and secure your spot to promote your business on CMR platforms. For more in-depth news and headlines, please visit our website, caymanmallroad.com. Tune into The Cold Hard Truth with Sandy Hill, Monday to Friday at 7.30 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube and Radio Bobo 89.1 FM. Thank you for tuning in to CMR Daily Buzz. I'm Misha Allinger. Please do not drink and drive and stay safe.